I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you. tonight in all of our cities and in all of our towns I make this promise we will make America strong again we will make America proud again we will make America safe again and we will make America great again God bless you, and good night. I love you. Hey y'all, what's going on peeps? Hope everyone is doing well. Welcome back to another edition of The Sea Report coming to you live on this uh, Tuesday, February 2nd, 2022. We're having a great day here today at uh, the great old Sea Studios. Glad to be here with everybody and uh, we'll see how round two of today's one year anniversary extravaganza goes as we're doing like what multiple upon multiple upon multiple hours of streaming today uh, we had a pretty good session one i think you know uh everyone was hanging in there uh trying to see what was going on over here at uh mr c channel mr c tv as we bring to you guys news views headlines current events all the good stuff all the good stuff now admittedly in the first two, uh, the first two hours, ha! The first six hours of the show, we had a we had a pretty uh, pointed uh, um, microscope, I guess you could say, examining uh, certain issues. We talked about uh, election integrity and election fraud. We uh, zeroed in on the uh, secretaries of snakes again, as that is one of the popular uh, topics here over at the Sea Report. And uh, we got into a whole lot of Russia history, and we also did a one-hour interview uh, between Putin and uh, Oliver Stone. Actually, that was part one of a four-part series, so we are going to continue to uh, watch those interviews, and uh, that'll, that probably we won't continue tonight, but we will continue either way. And, uh, well, we'll do it. We will do it, guys. We will do it, um, eventually. 
Um, I'm thinking tomorrow we'll pick up where we left off with uh, the second part, the second round of Putin Stone interviews. Really good interview, guys. Really good interview. I think everyone that was able to see that interview uh, probably walked away a little bit more um, uh, informed about uh, some of our history uh, and some of the history that uh, the world has been told about in regards to Russia. But I guess more frankly, uh, it would be that that we uh, we kind of see that there is an entirely different story here, going all the way back to the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, going all the way back to uh, uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, supposed rise into the power ranks of Russian politics and leadership. Um, very, very eye-opening interview, ladies and gentlemen. If you did not get a chance to see it, uh, you'll probably have to go over to Clout Hub or you will probably have to go over to Twitch to check that interview out because we do not have it on the Foxhole platform and the Pill.net platform. Uh, so, uh, but, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the, uh, for the rest of the, uh, the evening tonight, guys, it looks like we, uh, might actually have some good, uh, some good, um, connections here tonight, uh, at the moment for the second session of the C report. Uh, and we're doing it guys. Uh, this is our one year anniversary. We finally made it. We finally did a full rev revelation revolution around the sun, uh, that is for at least uh, the work that I do here at the Sea Report. And definitely um, the journey has only been made sweet by y'all's uh, um, presence and y'all's uh, <laughs> uh, attendance uh, while we watch the news, guys. Because like I said, we don't break news here at the Sea Report, but we absolutely share it. And it's been uh, it's been very meaningful journey to be able to share some of these stories with uh, the audience of this uh, show and this broadcast. So uh, we are live tonight again. Uh, we're not live on all channels. Uh, I kind of nixed D Live and Trovo uh, for today, and we're kind of focusing in on uh, the uh, platforms where we get. Uh, the most reception, ladies and gentlemen. So that's kind of the name of the game that we're playing tonight. Uh, if you were with us the first six hours, you'd know that on some platforms, the reception has not been very well. And I don't mean that we've had a nasty audience. I just mean that the platforms have not been uh, picking up the show as it were. But uh, I don't know. I took a quick break here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and that was about, I don't know, I meant to do like a 15 minute break, but it was more like a 30 to 45 minute break. Everything seemed to be running pretty good back at the old homestead uh, in those last 30 to 40 minutes. So it would be a shame to see it kind of buckle under itself and start to mess up again. I don't think it will. I think uh, I think the uh, I think the technicians are uh, hopefully they're on lunch or they're taking a break from working. And we can get a clear broadcast out for you guys. So uh, again, guys, we're doing it one year. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. And thank you guys for uh, pulling for us and always being there with us as we uh, as we uh, set that milestone and uh, place that one under our belt, so to speak. And uh, press forward. 
in uh, whatever this next year might happen to bring to us. I'm really excited uh, about what the next year will bring to us by way of news, ladies and gentlemen. I'm ready to report some of the good news, ladies and gentlemen. I'm about ready for it. But if you think about it, uh, depending on how we uh, how we take our news, do we take it with cream and sugar? Do we take it straight black? Not being racist, but... Uh, we have had we have had good moments guys we've had good moments in this past year and definitely we've had uh um a plethora of those moments coming up particularly in the last a few weeks to months couple of months where we're seeing uh the tide seeming to turn against this radical establishment media and these radical tyrannical governments that are continuing to try and press their boot down on our cheeks and our heads and keep us down to the ground. But they ain't going to keep us down for long, ladies and gentlemen, and no siree, Bob. They ain't going to keep us down long for all. But you know, I think one thing I would like to highlight at the start of today's show, when we're talking about the good news, and we're talking about the wins, and we're talking about uh, wanting to get that feeling inside again, where we know that we are getting that victory, I would have to say, with uh, with a lush congratulations and uh, accolades deserved, and a round of applause for the American people, for the, uh, the uh, people of this audience, um, we've had a good year all around, if you think about it. If you put it in relation to uh, the past five to ten years or more uh, in the area of news dissemination and uh, propaganda that's being put out there, we've had nothing but a win, guys. For all of the information that we've been able to share, for all of the stories that we have been able to get out there, for all of the truth and accurate knowledge that has been able to reach the likes of this broadcast so that I can then, uh, you know, uh, get on my little uh, speakerphone here and uh, or uh, megaphone here and blast it out to the world. We've had a solid year of positive growth for this type of media and for these campaigns. That is the campaign for liberty, justice, and the pursuit of happiness for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had solid wins in the years of 2021 and some of 2020 as well. Now, they they don't feel like the wins that we were seeing when we had uh, someone who truly was representing us in uh, in the uh, in in the political arena, you know, and that would be, of course, with President Trump just you know walloping over the deep state characters who keep trying to uh, to uh, foible and bamboozle the American public and the world. But if you think about it, guys, in spite of all of the hardships that we've undergone, in spite of all of the censorship, in spite of everything that has been thrown our way, in spite of all of the platform jackups. We are still present and accounted for. And, uh, and that light that is coming from within us only seems to get brighter and brighter as we shun the dark deceptions that these, uh, these uh, folks in the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda, media, and uh, the likes of the elitist globalist hacks and uh, uh, ne'er-do-wells that are inhabiting our uh, country via the deep state or, or maybe it's not such a deep state anymore, right? Maybe it's more of a shallow state because we can see what they're doing. Like they are, they are, they are in the spotlight. They are on the main stage. They've got all of the uh, lights and cameras on them, and we're watching them. 
Is this that supposed movie that we've been told about, ladies and gentlemen? Is this by design? Is this, uh, is this something that will allow the American people to see rather than hear the good news and the truth? Is this part of the mechanism that will move the Overton window back to, uh, back to a more sensible place, ladies and gentlemen, than it has been in the last uh, decades? As, as that window was moved further and further and further left, or further and further and further away from what we know to be common sense, good morals, and, uh, you know, uprightness uh, that is the people, ladies and gentlemen, of this country and of this world. So many things to be grateful for as we look back at the year in news, particularly from my point of view, that is one humble host, me, Mr. C, here doing it for you at the C Report. So let's jump in real quick into the chats and uh, say a howdy do and hello. Hope everyone is having a good evening, a good night, a good afternoon, wherever you are coming to us around the world right now. Uh, we got uh, Relanon, Tam Gral in the house. Howdy do. Uh, thank you for uh, sharing those gold pills and donating 117 this way. Relanon is much appreciated. No party crashers this round, says Relanon. Uh, Tam Grell gifting the can. She has some pills again. Hey, girl. And uh, we got uh, CJM. CJM is also hanging out. CJM61. Good to see you in the, uh, in the uh, uh, seat chats tonight. Happy Groundhog Day. Oh, we're just having a repetition here, guys, of, early, of the earlier show. This is just a replay. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got. Slick Shoe. Welcome, welcome, Slick Shoe. And uh, thank you for joining us and for holding down the fort. Uh, Slick Shoe was, was keeping the door open over at Twitch earlier. So I appreciate you leaving that comfy zone and, uh, and uh, doing that, Slick Shoe. Aurelius Locke, my brother. It's good to see you again as well. And it's always a pleasure to see all of you guys in the chat. It's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys. we got Connie Ketchup over there in Twitch right now uh, holding up the door. Says she signed up for Truth Social. Heck yeah. Truth Social is supposed to be out, what, this month, isn't it? If not early March. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Tam Grell says the Mr. CTV set was broken. It was broken for a little bit, uh, but now we're back in action. Uh, Relanon's gift and a cookie. Thank you for that cookie gift, Relanon. And uh, we got a good five by five, ladies and gentlemen. Um, a good five by five. So uh, thank you again for gifting the cookies. Uh, we're doing like, oh, you know, this is the one year anniversary, one year birthday of the Sea Report. So, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll gladly have the cookie jar open today, guys. And uh, well, you know, uh, it's hard for me to, to ask of things like that. But hey, any donations that you would like to send to uh, this station and this show will be greatly appreciated. Um, but, but only if you can guys don't, don't, uh, feel obligated to do it, uh, because, uh, we're, we're blessed either way to have you guys with us in the audience. Uh, CJM 61 says the cold war was a ruse. United States, uh, sorry, the USSR and United States of America split the Nazi cis scientists between them after world war two. We have never been at war with Russia. I believe it because isn't it isn't it interesting how uh, we choose when we want to uh, go after the commies, right? Uh, when we want to go after the communists. Yeah, 
Most definitely. That's when we pick and choose. You know, one minute we're uh, we're teaming up with Russia during World War II. The next minute we got a Cold War to fuel the uh, military industrial complex or whatever scheme they're trying to do. So that is a good, honest, truthful chunk of history right there coming out of CJM61. And uh, that is, that is, it is a fact, guys. It is a most definite fact. Casual GG17, it's good to see you in the chat room. Thanks for uh, the uh, happy anniversary wishes. Much appreciated, sweetheart. Uh, happy anniversary, <laughs> says Mr. Aurelius Locke. Happy birthday anniversary, says Tam Grell. Thank you so much, sweetie. Uh, CJM says, I like my news like, uh, like I like my chicken and women. <laughs> With a little bit of fat on the end. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I most definitely will throw a little bit of fat on there sometimes. Because, you know, I, li- I like my Grease too. I like my Grease... Not Grease too. That was a terrible movie. I mean, I like Grease, comma, T-O-O, too. Thank you so much. And uh, and uh, we'll, we'll keep doing it as long as we can. And as long as I'm able to here at the sea channel and uh you know the mr ctv so uh let's see here uh not too much not too little just enough to make me grin you got it buddy you got it classic rodney carrington well played <laughs> oh very good very good oh sea dragons with the chickadee china the chinese chicken you have a, a drumstick and the brain stop sticking uh watching uh, x-files with the lights on where uh, Don, where's don the maison i hope the smoky man's in this one i know that song like harrison ford i'm getting a uh, frantic like sting on tantric <laughs> don't make me do it i am a child of that era okay guys i can do the whole blues travelers hook brings you back guys suck it in suck it in a rinted dinner yambolin yeah let's do it <laughs> This MTV is not for free. It's so PC. It's killing me. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I was a kid in that era. So, uh, a teenager. Yeah. Uh, Relanon. Oh, dude, dude is throwing his cookies, tossing his cookies. <laughs> Thank you, Relanon. Oh man. That is a cookie. Boom. I appreciate that, sir. I mo- most definitely appreciate that. You too as well, Tam Growl. The cookie spammer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Connie Ketchup says she has to go to work in a minute, but happy anniversary. Thank you so much for popping in. I saw you, uh, you were hanging out a little bit earlier today. We were having some really good conversations. I think we were having, uh, we were having fairly good moments of, uh, of truth, you know, dominating, uh, the tail end of the show, uh, in our previous session for today, talking about Russia and Crimea and NATO. And we're, we're probably not going to dip back into that topic, guys. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're all Russia lagged out and we don't want to stay uh, stuck on that distraction, right? Because it's supposed to distract us. And, and indeed, they're trying to do a job of it. But uh, the truth will out and the truth will prevail, ladies and gentlemen, as it always does. You cannot keep the truth down, so to speak. So, yes, all right, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Now, <clears throat> that, that brings us to our next question is, what are we going to do tonight for the second round of the C Report? Uh, because, you know, I'm coming to you guys semi-formal, a little bit casual, because uh, we've been at it all day long today. Had myself uh, a little something to eat and, uh, you know, a little bit of relief and stuff like that. 
<laughs> so that's all good. Early Slock says, bare, bare naked Canadian ladies, not John Popper's traveler. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can do them both, okay? <laughs> I can do them both. No prob, Bob. No prob, Bob. Um, yeah, but where are we going to go uh, with the rest of tonight? Well, uh, we didn't, we didn't get a chance to take a look at a bunch of the other headlines. Now, admittedly, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. A lot of stuff going on. We got, uh, we got the left and the progressives, like, uh, the mainstream media kind of just eating itself up. Like it's eating itself up. It's turning itself in on each other. It's eating its stomach. You know, it's like, it's, it's become like pizza, the hut, right? The media and uh, the, the globalist pig filth have gotten stuck in their own limousine underneath their, their, their ton of cheese and pizza uh, toppings. And they are now currently eating themselves alive as they try to survive. <laughs> what, a, what an analogy, right? <laughs> the mainstream media and the globalist filth are pizza the hut and they are stuck in their limo and they don't know what to do. Because they know if they come out, the rest of the world is going to eat them alive, ladies and gentlemen. The rest of the world is going to eat them alive. Uh, CJM, I appreciate that sentiment. If I had a million dollars. Oh, that reminds me of another song. No, just kidding. <laughs> if I had a million dollars. No, <laughs> we won't go there. We won't go there. <clears throat> But I thought for tonight, since, uh, you know, generally I have, you know, time in the day to get the report together and kind of, you know, add some photos and polish off my thoughts a little bit. We'll, we'll probably just do kind of like a little crackdown, a little crack in, a little breakdown, if you will, into some of today's uh, uh, headlines, guys. So it's going to be a little bit of a different kind of a show from what we normally do at the Sea Report. And I have a feeling we're going to be able to get into a much broader topic for conversation. But dare I say, I say that, but uh, who knows? I might get uh, so lost on um, uh, whatever topics we barrel into. We may not even do an entire breakdown, as it were, of the news going on for today. Like I said, there was a lot of stuff going on today. We had more election integrity news coming out of uh, Wisconsin. We had more election news integrity coming out of South Carolina, coming out of places that we probably have not expected, like South, South Carolina, to show their face ladies and gentlemen. We were not expecting South Carolina to enter into that arena, much like New Hampshire, much like other states, Texas are kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, waiting in the bouts there. But that is as it were, ladies and gentlemen, Canadian truckers. That's another another good, uh, good point right there and what's going on in Canada. In fact, you guys, last night we did a, uh, we did a uh, foxhole and pilled only uh, show uh, that was a uh, well, hello, Mr. C episode number 10, where I was just kind of, you know, shooting the dirt, uh, as it were. And, uh, we had, uh, we had the Texan hop on, uh, last night's show and man, we had, we had some pretty good discussions for the midnight hour. Actually, it was probably more like one or two in the morning, uh, maybe one or two in the morning, right? Where we were talking about, uh, Texas politics. We're talking about the situation in Canada and uh, Mr. The Texan brought some good uh, good insights into uh, things that are kind of being overlooked that I want to explore more 
into and see uh, what all uh, propositions um, could be going down in Canada. Because uh, they had what? This entire onslaught, this force, this, it's, it's this presence of uh, patriotic truckers with some American truckers included in that uh, bout as well uh, that showed their hand to uh, Trudeau and his tyrannical government over there in Canada. And uh, Trudeau took his hand and he ran. Ladies and gentlemen, he cried COVID. Trudeau is the Castro that cried COVID, ladies and gentlemen, when the heat got turned up. Ladies and gentlemen, when the heat got turned up, he couldn't take it. He stepped out of the kitchen. Uh, Jeff Zucker stepping down. Fredo released some secrets on him. Sea Dragon, absolutely. When did we cover Jeff Zucker? I think we actually covered that last night. Uh, on the sea report, or was that at the head of today's show? I don't know. My shows are getting uh, getting intermingled as uh, this has turned into quite the marathon for us. But yeah, we talked about Jeff Zucker. Oh, you know what it was, Sea Dragon? It was today. We had President Trump making his statement on uh, on the the Jeff Zucker situation and what was uh, what was and could only be considered a beautiful troll of Jeff Zucker a beautiful troll indeed <laughs> the troll king is back ladies and gentlemen in fact i have a i have a, another video i'll play at some point in tonight the master troll president trump and some of his best troll moments I think uh, we'll relish that, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, why don't we why don't we revisit that statement from President Trump that was made today? It seems to be his only statement for the day uh, uh, in regards to uh, one Jeff Zucker. Let's look at this magnificent troll here, okay? This magnificent troll, because we had again, we had again uh, the news reports. They're telling us, guys that uh, Jeff Zucker is resigning because he had an inappropriate relationship. Go figure, right? It seems like that's what they do at CNN. They all have a bunch of inappropriate relationships. Uh, far be it from Zucker, at least it wasn't with a child, as disgusting as that news has been. But uh, Zucker also didn't have much, if anything at all, to say about the instances of those executive producers wanting to train nine-year-old nine-year-old girls in harnesses how to be a good sex slave. Hmm? And that wasn't the only one that ha we had coming up from uh, from the likes of uh, from the likes of CNN. Uh, Vanguard three sixty. Thank you so much for gifting the cookie, Relanon. Thanks again for the cookie sir uh you can save some cookies for yourself too sir uh you know you <laughs> don't don't deprive yourself of the joy of the cookie uh but most definitely i thank you for that uh i thank you for that uh, uh contribution the donation to the uh to the show um so let's check this out let's let's check this out cnn and the likes all of the the mainstream lamestream shame streams of the world are saying he's stepping down he's resigning due to an inappropriate um a relationship that he had Let's see what President Trump had to say, okay? Uh, from, the, from the desk of President Donald J. Trump, he says, Jeff Zucker, a world-class sleazebag, has headed ratings and Real News challenged uh, CNN for far too long and has been terminated for numerous reasons, but predominantly because CNN has lost its way with viewers and everybody else, which I interpret as uh, he, he's no longer having his way. CNN is no longer having it their way. That's the way I interpret that line. 
They have lost their way with the viewers. The viewers ain't giving it their way. The viewers are not giving it to them their way. They're not allowing them to have their way and everybody else. Now is a chance to put fake news in the back seat because there may not be anything more important than straightening out the horrendous lamestream media in our country and in the case of CNN throughout the world. Jeff Zucker is gone. Ding dong, the Zucker is gone. Congratulations to old. Which old Zucker? Well, that old Zucker. Oh, yeah, we're going to start doing uh, Wizard of Oz now. <laughs> we're going to start doing Wizard of Oz now, guys. So get ready for it. Um, so that's great news, guys. And as I expressed earlier, I could only wonder exactly um, what what is going to happen to CNN now. Like, what what road are they going to take? What path? Uh, I guess, are they going to go on? You know, what path are they going to go on? Um, are we going to still see this uh, rash amount of uh, lies and propaganda? Is there going to be a shift in the way they deliver news and their narrative? I mean, he was there for, I think, nine years plus, ladies and gentlemen, heading up the junk news propaganda department. And now he is gone. Okay. Now he's gone. If, and if anything, just because he was having uh, an inappropriate relationship with uh, one of uh, Frodo, Frodo, Fredo's, uh, uh, you know, ninnies there. So uh, that's good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Hey, hey, what did we talk about? A win? We talked about a win, didn't we? And uh, here again, watch the resignations. Okay, we'll say that in, in brief. And then again, we'll also say, I think during the last session... Uh, you know, it was, it was news and information that we were sharing with everyone that really went into, uh, it, it helps the juices flow, you know, it helps the brainstorming. It helps us to clear up the doorways of perception, so to speak, to get a more accurate view, a more clear view, of course, based on information that is accurate and our own personal discernment and our own personal understandings as what uh, is related to us and what we really, what resonates with us and sticks with us uh, about where things could be going as far as the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda media goes, guys, because let's face it, right? If we want the world's, uh, if we want the world's information streams, if we want the news streams, if we want accurate information to be secure 2020 and beyond, just like we want our elections to be secure 2020 and beyond, then there has to be a change in the mainstream media platforms, okay? There has to be an intricate, systemic, systematic change in the way that they have done things. And the way that they have done things is through lies and deception and propaganda, all right. So I think we were kind of like trying to figure that out as we were. Well, I mean, I don't, not that we were consciously, we were not consciously trying to figure this out. But I think, you know, some really good comments could be made about what we're seeing happening in Russia and Crimea. And again, we're not going to whip that dead horse. It's not dead, actually. We're not going to whip that poor flailing horse with uh, more stuff about Russia and Crimea and NATO and Ukraine. But what I will say is, uh, I think it was Slick Shu who had mentioned that uh, it's very quite possible that with the development of this supposed war that's going to happen, because the mainstream media is pushing it, that that could be the last 
straw for them, so to speak, for the general public, uh, that the, the general public through whatever's happening right now in the media versus what is real in Ukraine and Russia might be the straw that breaks the mainstream media's hold on the general public, guys, because they're going to be like, wait, the mainstream media lied to us about COVID. They basically shut down the world, killed a whole bunch of people and took away my uh, comfortable, normal way of living, the, the, the old norm, right? And they're still reeling and hazy and clouded about that. They still have cognitive, cognitive dissonance. They're still like trying to figure out what is what in their life. But when they see the mainstream media pushing war, okay, because let's face it, the pandemic, pre-planned or not, was pretty bad, guys. It was pretty bad for everybody. But war, ladies and gentlemen, war is hell, to paraphrase a quote. <laughs> it's not even paraphrase. That is the damn quote. War is hell, okay? And, and to know that the mainstream media is pushing this... And it has it has the backup of uh, the likes of the globalist, uh, you know, NATO forces and the United States of America who are working uh, uh, beneath the globalists to do their will. We're talking about the illegitimate administration that is the pedo, uh, the pedo uh, Joe, creepy Joe, sleepy Joe, Hyden, lion Biden administration. And all of the forces, the bureaucrats working behind him, ladies and gentlemen, it does not bode well. So may this be, uh, may this be a part and parcel that uh, ensures that the uh, mainstream media is cracked wide open, and that the people will no longer deal with them, put up with them, listen to them, watch them, desire them, you know, uh, to be around. Yeah, I know that's kind. Of, that's quite a tangent, right there. It's a. Uh, it, it's quite an order to uh, serve, if you ask me. But I think it is something that is uh, becoming more and more relevant as we move forward. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Aurelius Locke says he needs to practice his harmonica more and probably his Spanish guitar. <laughs> we got a show, sir. Come on, sir. Come on, get on it. Um, uh, CJM sixty one says I have heard the MSM loves cheese pizza. Right, that's why they're eating their. <laughs> I guess that was an appropriate analogy about Pizza the Hut, huh? I guess so. I didn't think about that. Uh, you One or two in the morning, way past my bedtime. Heck, I'm surprised I'm still awake now. Yeah, we were up pretty late last night. Well, we weren't up too late, but we were up pretty late last night. I think we closed at 3 a.m. Central Texas time. Central Texas time. Central time. Texas time. Uh, that's when we ended the show. About three, a little, a little after three, maybe a quarter after three. Good conversation. Uh, you can still check that out at the foxhole and at pill.net. That, uh, that is actually still running, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let me see what else we got here. Um, Joyful Lily, good evening. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us today. Welcome to the one-year anniversary extravaganza of the Sea Report. We're in hour number seven, about to be finished with hour number seven. We'll be going on to hour number eight in about 20 minutes. Uh, so, man, a full day's work with you guys today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad I'm glad to have you here with us. Um, let's see. Uh, CJM says, me too. Got to get up early to work and buy stupid stuff like food. <laughs> 
well, if you grew it, you wouldn't have to buy it. Ah, no, 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 I don't even, I don't grow my own food. So CJM, that is by no means a dig at you or anyone else. I like to, I like to farm. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I wouldn't call what I used to do farming because, you know, I didn't, I don't have a farm, but you know, I used to grow my own vegetables and stuff like that. Uh, whenever I had a yard to do so in, uh, it was always a, it was always a joy for me to do that. Uh, Aurelius Locke says, nah, you're right on time, Lily. We've only been on for about 6.5 hours. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, Aurelius? Oh, man. Hey, don't you worry, Joyful Lily. You are more than welcome to be here, and uh, we're, we're way happy that you're joining us at this time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tam Grell missed five hours of our, uh, of our full-day extravaganza today early. It's okay, we're on now, and things are kicking. I don't know, maybe, maybe in, uh, maybe in uh, 20 minutes to an hour, we'll start getting the, uh, the jinx again. Uh, I'll pray not. But ladies and gentlemen, let us all pray that everyone's stream works well for the rest of the evening and hopefully with the collective positive influential power of our prayer energies, the streams will find their strength to continue. Um, let's see here. Me too, doing this stuff with the things are almost as hard as making the words. Yep. <laughs> so when exactly did Trump purchase CNN? Hmm, right? Wouldn't that be something if uh, Trump purchased CNN and fired Jeff Zucker? Yeah, that would be fun. What rhymes with Zucker? Uh, <laughs> I see what you're doing there, CJM. Uh, Pucker, uh, Rucker of uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, Mucker of the Muckrakers, um, Sucker, as in he's a big ol', so, as in he's made a sucker out of the people for so long. Anyways, I think that's all of the, uh, that's all of the um, rhyming uh, uh, words I can think of with Zucker. Anyways, okay. <laughs> uh, Aurelius Locke says he blames the VIPs taking up all the bandwidth. He had to go to Twitch. I know it was it was pretty interesting seeing Aurelius over on Twitch. Uh, he he went and took a good old nice hot shower in between sea reports today. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, C will always be, ah, thanks, Tam Garal. C will always be VIP with me. I appreciate you, hun. But hey, guys, you know, if y'all wanna, if y'all want me to get into the bunker, I would ask that you, uh, you email the mats and methods. I've already asked once before, and, uh, I, I really was not clear about my answer on that. Uh, but it, it seems that I did not get access into the bunkers. Okay. But, uh, you know, when we were having all of this fallout earlier on today, I noticed the bunker was playing pretty good for the VIPs. Uh, you know, the people who rake in like, I don't know, $300, $400 an episode, you know, but I'm not asking for that, guys. I just need enough to keep the lights on, right? And so, uh, yeah, uh, let's see here. Um, what else do we got? I cried not, not as much as when Old Yeller dies or watching the Red Fern grow. Ah. Oh my goodness. Uh, Shane was an excellent movie. Oh, speaking of which, oh, you just made me think about something with President Trump. I'm going to play for you guys in a little bit. Um, let's see here. Uh, Joyful Lily. Oh, you weren't joking. Uh, LOL really said, yeah, we're going on to, uh, yeah, we're at, we're at, uh, we're almost at eight hours, Miss uh, Joyful Lily. So uh, there's been plenty of Mr. C to go around, just not at the foxhole. Um, let's see here. Uh, I can't take... 
I can't take Twitch anymore. Please don't make me. I know it. Cucker. Uh, that's a good one. Salt Farmers. LOL. I should use that one cucker. <laughs> Didn't think about cucker. That's a good one. All right, guys. So we's be caught up in chat. Thanks again, guys. Y'all guys make this uh, make this absolutely uh, fun to do, guys. So I appreciate you being here. So uh, before we get into uh, whatever we're going to get into tonight, let's do a little bit of a news breakdown, okay? Let's take a look at some of the headlines. Let's take a look at some of what we missed today as we were uh, going on about, um, you know, uh, Russia and as we were going on about elections and stuff. I think the first one that we'll turn to is uh, just the news, guys. So as you can see, uh, um, I always, uh, I always, uh, I always have to go to the headlines in the news, just as anyone does to share this news. I don't make it up on my own, right? Uh, but uh, you know, we we just dig a little bit deeper. So what what is uh, what does just the news have to say today? They they have this. Uh, they have Hoods Pelosi, Hoods Pelosi uh, as one of their main headliners. Now, for those of you who might be wondering why I call. Nancy Piglosi, Hoods Pelosi. And this is something I actually shared with the audience way back in the day, way back in the day. Um, we actually have some really good, we have some really good examples of why we call her Hoods Pelosi. Okay. Hoods Pelosi, lady, and yeah, swamp creature guys. So try not to get too discouraged. Swamp creature. Hoods Pelosi. Look at the hoods above those eyeballs, guys. Ain't nobody got them like Hoods Pelosi's got them. Look, we'll, we'll, I know, guys, you don't want to see her ugly face any more than I do. But look at these eye hoods. Look at these eye hoods. Do you see those eye hoods, guys? Look at those eye hoods. So, I don't know. That's why I started calling her Hoods Pelosi way back in the day. It kind of stuck. It kind of went away. Uh, but that is uh, Piglosi right there for you, Hoods Pelosi. Okay, so uh, if you ever hear me say Hoods Pelosi, that's who I'm. T <laughs> Not that you would, you know who I'm talking about, obviously. But uh, Hoods has got some crazy eye hoods. Look, do you want to see one more example of her crazy eye hoods? Let's do it. One more example of her crazy eye hoods. Check out these eye hoods, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Look at that. Look at those eye hoods. <laughs> Look at those eye hoods. Okay, so. <laughs> All right, what is the. I'm a big fan of John Solomon 2 CJM61123 SKG. Thank you for tossing the birthday cookie, Relanon. Thank you for doubling that. Much, uh, much appreciated. Oh, Lord. A kitty diddler. CJM61, a kitty diddler. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, Congress claims sovereign immunity prevents Capitol Police from sharing January 6th emails. Oh, is that a fact? Let's see what they've got to say about that. That doesn't sound like nothing I none ever heard about in my lifetime. How are they going to how are they going to play this? Let us see. Let us see. Let us see. Pulling it up, pulling it up. Congress claims sovereign immunity. Again, doing everything they can to not get the spotlight of guilt thrown in their direction. Hoods Pelosi and crew. 
Hoods, Pelosi, and Ben, I'm a radical separatist from the Marxist sympathizers. Uh, uh, what's his name? Johnson. Ben Johnson, right? You guys remember when we covered Ben Johnson back in October uh, and we did an expose on everything that he was about? Let's see what they're talking about now. Uh, Judicial Watch continues its fight for access in court. Judicial Watch is challenging an attempt by the U.S. Capitol Police to block the watchdog organization's federal lawsuit to gain access to videos and emails related to the January 6th Capitol riot. Congress, via the police department, is arguing that the videos and emails being sought are not matters of public record and that there is no public interest in their release. Furthermore, the body is claiming that sovereign immunity prevents citizens from suing for their release. Well, how is it that these guys can play around with words like sovereignty when they seek to deny sovereignty from uh, every single human being in this country and also this planet? Isn't that the fitting hypocritical move that we would expect these jerks to make? The suit was filed by Judicial Watch under the common law right of access after the Capitol Police refused to provide requested records in response to the group's initial request dating back to January 2021. The initial request was for emails between the United States Capitol Police executive team and the Capitol Police board pertaining to the security of the Capitol complex on the day of the riot and emails among the USCP and the FBI, Justice Department and Department of Homeland Security. The group additionally asked for all video footage from within the Capitol from noon to 9 p.m. on the day of the riot. The suit was filed under the common law right of access to public records because Congress exempts itself from the Freedom of Information Act. In the courts of this country, including the federal courts, the common law bestows upon the public a right of access to public records and documents. The Supreme Court was unequivocal in stating that there is a federal common law right to access to inspect and copy public records and documents. The general rule is that all three branches of government, legislative, executive, and judicial, are subject to the common law right. The right of access is a precious common law right that predates the Constitution itself, writes Judicial Watch, citing Supreme Court precedent that upholds the public right to understand what their government is up to. You gotta admire Tom Fitton, guys. I'm glad that Tom Fitton is getting a whole lot more spotlight for the work that he's been doing because he's been doing it for a long time, y'all. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton said on this issue, the Pelosi Congress and its police department is telling a federal court it is immune from all transparency under law and is trying to hide every second of its January 6th videos and countless emails. The hypocrisy is rich, as this is the same Congress that is trying to jail witnesses who, citing privileges, object to providing documents to the Pelosi rump January 6th committee. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's common law and that predates the constitution. What, are we going back to the Magna Carta now? We know that's where uh, the uh, founding document of this nation has its roots, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, they're claiming sovereign immunity. So I I guess we'll see where this goes. Uh, This is a pretty interesting uh, step in that process. 
I don't think they'll be successful. Uh, and I think that most definitely um, January 6th is probably going to turn the mainstream media up on its head, just like COVID and just like Ukraine NATO, I would have to say. What else is uh, what else is on the spotlight for uh, just the news? They got an article here about Zucker resigning. We'll skip over that one. A classified State Department email declared Hunter Biden undercut the efforts in Ukraine. So we uh, actually read that article earlier uh, when we were talking about uh, Biden in Ukraine, both Bidens and also the whole Russia debacle. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll overlook that article. Let's see. Illinois Governor Pritzker gave $300,000 in federal COVID relief funds to BLM chapter now facing eviction. Ah, let's take a look at that one. That sounds kind of interesting. Now, here's the thing, guys. When we're talking about wasting taxpayer dollars, mishandling or misusing the money that was set aside for the likes of COVID, you know, I for one thought that... Uh, I, for one, thought that, uh, you know, um, uh, using that money to make to to have a lotto, a lottery, I thought that was a gross misuse of the uh, COVID relief fund. Terrible, guys. That is that is absolutely a waste. Like, uh, yeah, we're going to do a we're going to do a uh, we're going to do a, a, a lottery and, and even for children too. no bueno, no bueno. What are you guys saying over there? Uh oh, Slick Shoe asks if uh Piglosi is wearing a mask. I don't know. <laughs> Do you guys think that's Michael Jackson or what? You guys tell me. Uh, <laughs> we're not in the dark per se, but uh, I'll go there. Uh, they forgot to put one under her nose. Indeed, they did. One of the hoods <laughs> sometimes makes uh mistakes turn into gourmet meals. <laughs> <laughs> Sunken lizard eyes, says CJM61, talking about Piglosi. Um, World-changing inventions, epic trolling. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, oh my goodness, Piglosi is trying to hide. Those hoods give her away, though. <laughs> there is no such thing. Love it. Trump wanted the National Guard present. Piglosi declined. Yep, that's another thing there, too. Uh, that's the question they should be asking in regard to that entire situation is why aren't they looking into the failures of the Pelosi administration? Oh, did I say Pelosi administration? Uh, and the way that she ran the entire security apparatus during January 6th, false flag, Capitol riot. Questions that need to be asked and uh, that are not going to be asked until we get a uh, we get the House and the Senate back properly, ladies and gentlemen, and then they're going to have their comeuppance, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and that's a good point right there also. So a pre uh, so POTUS has no right to immunity, but the police department does kind of ask backwards there, isn't it, guys? I would definitely have to agree with that. Uh, Aurelius Locke says, between Judicial Watch, Independent Media, and Project Veritas, we have a pretty good offense. I'd say so. I'd say so myself. Uh, Fitton is exhibiting some big balls. Energons, says uh, CJM61. And uh, I give to Judicial Watch very worthwhile program. Absolutely, guys. And Veritas. The, I mean, those are, two, those are two of the heroes of this bunch, guys. Tom Fitton and James O'Keefe. 
James, Swivel Your Hips, O'Keefe, and Tom, Big Muscle Man, Fit In. Definitely glad that they are on our side, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely glad that they are on our side. All right, let's take a gander at this uh, article about uh, Governor Pritzker of Illinois. Sorry, I got a, a scratchy eyeball. Let's see uh, what they got to say about that. Illinois Governor Pritzker gave 300000 in federal COVID relief funds to BLM chapter now facing eviction. The leader of the Lake County Black Lives Matter chapter is also facing a slate of criminal charges in court. Um, do I have this set up right here? Okay. All right. It says, uh, Illinois Democrat governor. See, just guys, it's Democrat governor, not democratic. All the governors are democratic, whether they're conservative or they're left-leaning liberal. They're the Democrat party. You know, even president Trump corrected people when they said it that way. So I'm just saying Illinois Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker channeled $300,000 in federal COVID-19 relief funds to the Black Lives Matter branch of Lake County. The branch of the organization is run by Clyde Micklemore, or Micklemore, uh, who opened an office across the street from the Lake County Courthouse, telling the Chicago Tribune at the time, we had to have brick and mortar. The state funds were awarded to BLM through grants created to stop the increased potential of for violence in underserved and disproportionately impacted communities, according to the White House description of the funds. But now, according to county records, McLemore and BLM have been served with an eviction notice. And in early 2021, McLemore, 63, was arrested in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and charged with felony battery of a police officer and disorderly conduct after he allegedly kicked a door at the city's courthouse and threatened violence toward a Kenosha police officer. Lake County records reportedly indicate McLemore has been charged before with criminal felony battery and pled, pleaded guilty. Now, there's a little bit of haberdashery going on there. That's something we would expect to see coming out of Illinois, I guess. And again, you want to talk about wasting taxpayer money, giving them $300,000. Now, uh, did I did I miss it here whenever? Uh, so Illinois, he gave him $300,000 in federal COVID relief funds. Uh, I really wonder when they gave him this money. Do you think that they got this money after or before? Uh, this Clyde McLemore assaulted a police officer and tried to kick in the door at the courthouse. There should be some statute out there that says anyone who uh, is involved in these types of activity don't get no money from no taxpayers. Nada. Okay. Nothing. Uh, it's disgusting the way that they waste uh, taxpayer money. They waste our hard-earned money on their shenanigans and on propping up uh, these organizations that are clearly there to uh, divide and conquer, if not just totally destroy and uh, run amok in our cities and our towns. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, that's an interesting article. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, at least the mafia has a code of ethics. No kidding, CJM61. Ain't that the truth, right? Honor among thieves. Isn't that, isn't that something? That's a thing, you know? That's a thing, uh, you know, United States government uh, shills and treasonous uh, representatives. Honor among thieves is a thing, but not if you're a deep stater, apparently. 
apparently. So, uh, well, we, we kind of knew that, though, didn't we, guys? We kind of knew that. Um, what else you guys got going on? Uh, at least the mafia has a code of ethics. Uh, uh, see, mistakes can be great. Uh, make mistakes great again. Sean Joe, thank you for gifting the cookie. How's it going, bud? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Tam Girl says Black Lives Matter marched today and no one showed up. Aha! Yeah, doesn't that make sense? Because they ain't getting paid anymore. Mac Lamore. Oh, hey, CJM, my bad. <laughs> Mac Lamore, gotcha. All right, I won't forget it. Hopefully, I won't be talking about Clyde Mac Lamore anymore. But uh, well, there you have it. I bastardized it in the first uh, five to ten minutes. So you're really saying BLM sat on the couch and talked about marching? <laughs> That's true, isn't it? They talked about marching and no one showed up. Okay, so. That's all they did. They probably they probably got on their Zoom meetings and and uh, romanticized going out there and having a march. Yeah, but no one's going to put their feet on the ground, especially if they're not getting their $15 an hour paychecks from George Soros and the likes, right? Or any of their organizations. Uh huh. You guys are a hoot. Thanks for the cookie, Relanon. Um, okay, so let's see what we got here now, guys. We're done with that article. Hey, did I totally vanish my, uh, Just the News? <laughs> Are we done with Just the News? We might be. I didn't want it to be so, but, uh, here, let me, let me bring these cats up again, because we were just getting started. We'll just go through a, a few articles per, uh, I got a couple of, uh, of independents here that I want to, uh, go through the independent media force that is those not associated with uh, with uh, the mainstream lamestream fake news legacy media of course let's bring them back up ah so just the news switched over to a biden topic oh really just the news so they took piglosi they are like get piglosi off of our uh, main page as Biden's pandemic ratings tank, finds, a study finds lockdowns had little to no public health effects. Oh, really? Lockdowns had little to no public health effects. Doesn't that make you kind of wonder exactly who was doing the study? Let's see. Uh, they changed all of their st their stories. Postal service hacking into hundreds of seized mobile devices. Oh, that's an interesting one, guys. Have you guys heard about that? We'll we'll go look at this study with Biden in a minute. But this story right here, guys, this is a, this is one of those high alert stories because uh, uh, apparently the government is using the postal service to uh, spy on us. That's crazy, y'all. That is absolutely crazy. Look at Grandma. She says. Happy birthday, the C report. Let me get the New Year's off. Happy birthday. Just <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. Thanks, Gma. I appreciate the sentiments. Okay. Happy anniversary, right, to the C report. Okay. So uh, let's see what this, this one, I saw this and I hadn't had the chance to read it. I think I was going to present it out during a regularly scheduled C report. Uh, but yeah, the, the anniversary well, is, 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 you know, that is primary. So a uh, postal service hacking into hundreds of seized mobile devices, tracking users, social media posts. Okay. 
this is an interesting, interesting headline, guys. Very interesting headline. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this, uh, this article here. This one's very interesting. Postal service hacking into hundreds of seized mobile devices, tracking users' social media posts. The government has been using the good old postman to spy on us. Is that not something, y'all? That is just astounding. Uh, let's see here. U.S. Postal Inspection Service accused of violating Americans' privacy, civil liberties on large scale. Watchdog groups are sounding the alarm on the law enforcement arm of the U.S. Postal Service, which they say is violating the privacy and civil liberties of the American people by using sophisticated tools to break into hundreds of citizens' cell phones and collect their social media. Until now, it's gone largely unpublicized that the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, can you believe that? They have their own Gestapo, the United States Postal Service does. It's called the U.S. Inspection Service, Postal Inspection Service, admitted in its 2020 annual report that it not only employed top-of-the-line technology hundreds of times to hack into mobile phones, but also planned to expand its use of the hacking tools in the future. The Celebrite Premium and Gray Key tools acquired in fiscal year 2019 and 2018. So they've been doing this 2019, guys. Since 2019, every time that doorman rang twice, he was also ringing the back door into your social media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they've been doing it since 2018, okay, and allowed the digital evidence unit to extract previously unattainable information from seized mobile devices, the 2020 report states. During fiscal year 2020, 331 devices were processed and 242 were unlocked and or extracted by these services. The success of the program and ever-increasing demand for services required the purchase this year of a second gray key device for use on the East Coast. That is crazy, y'all. That is crazy. The USPIS's figures indicate a surge in such hackings compared to 2019 when the agency disclosed it's accessed 34 devices using Celebrite and 143 with gay... <laughs> gray key, okay, not gay key. <laughs> oh my goodness. Last week, the Epoch Times first reported on the agency's use of hacking tools to access encrypted mobile devices. The new technology used by USPIS has found workarounds to break into phones, unscrabble, unscramble otherwise unreadable encrypted data, and copy it for law enforcement to go through. This technology is dangerous and prone to abuse, according to Jake Wiener, a law fellow at the Electronic Privacy Information Center, EPIC, who argued these tools violate one's privacy and are often unnecessary. Cell phones contain multitudes of intimate information about all aspects of our lives, messages with family, private pictures, records of our movements, and much more, Wiener told Just the News. Phone hacking tools are a direct threat to privacy because they can expose information that everyone wants to keep private and would be irrelevant to a criminal investigation. 
Forensic tools like Cellbrite and GrayKey give investigators the ability to access and analyze far more information than ever before, said Jennifer Granick, Surveillance and Cybersecurity Counsel for the American Civil Liberty Union Speech, Privacy and Technology Center project. Uh, this includes information people do not know is on their devices, such as deleted and temporarily stored data, Forensic tools like Cellbrite and GrayKey give investigators the ability to access and analyze far more information than ever before, said Jennifer Granick. Uh, it says forensic tools can unlock and extract private information that is irrelevant to an investigation and there are inadequate safeguards in place to make sure this information will not be misused. Uh, Wiener, Granick, and other critics of the USPIS program note it's unclear for which crimes and investigations the agency uses hacking tools to access locked phones, raising concerns that the criteria are arbitrary and could lead to the government agency abusing its power. The bar for using this hacking technology should be quite high if it's used at all and governed by strict oversight, privacy advocates say. Others counter that in cases where national security, national security and the lives of Americans are at risk, authorities should have greater ability to obtain potentially critical information quickly. USPIS declined to comment on how it determines when to use Cellbrite Premium and Gray Key tools to extract data from seized mobile devices. However, the agency suggested it follows federal law in all cases, including by obtaining a warrant. Only a limited number of individuals have access to these tools and they are used in accordance with legal requirements. A USPIS spokesperson told Just the News, a search warrant, court order, and other constitutionally permissible situation must exist prior to any digital evidence examination of cell phones. If a federal agency wants to use new technologies like Cellbrite's phone hacking tool, the e-government act of 2002 requires the agency to first go through a privacy impact assessment, which should disclose the risk to individual privacy created when the agency uses the technology, ways to mitigate the risk, and ask whether using the technology is justified. USPIS did not answer an inquiry asking whether it produced a PIA. If the Postal Inspection Service hasn't done a PIA for Cellbrite and Gray Key, that suggests the agency is not considering the harmful effect of using this technology or putting sufficient safeguards in place to prevent abuse, said Vina. If they have, it is not published on their website. Accessing cell phones has not been the only source of controversy for USPIS. Yahoo News revealed last year that the agency has been quietly running a program that tracks and collects Americans' social media posts, including those about planned protests. The surveillance effort known as the Internet Covert Operations Program, ICOP, involves analysts going through social media sites to flag inflammatory posts and share that information across the federal government. ICOP's uh, official mandate is the identification, disruption, and dismantling of individuals and organizations that use the mail or USPS online tools to facilitate black market trade or other illegal activities. The program has used facial recognition technology and social media monitoring services to surveil individuals, including protesters demonstrating against everything from police brutality to COVID-19 lockdown measures. 
Government monitoring and retention of information about First Amendment protected speech increases the likelihood that agencies will investigate or otherwise monitor people based on that speech, said Granick. It also risks chilling expressive activity. These risks and consequences are even more severe when the government uses powerful tools to compile, compile digital dossiers and track online speech, networks, and associations. Last year, Epic filed a lawsuit under the E-Government Act of 2002 to stop USPIS from continuing the program, noting the agency has yet to publish a PIA. Judicial Watch also sued the Postal Service last year, launching a Freedom of Information Act request for information about the surveillance effort. The questionable surveillance schemes appear to indicate that the government is weaponizing the nation's postal service to improperly spy on the citizens who fund it, said Judicial Watch. Why would the government depend on the postal service to examine the internet for security reasons? The organization is also filing a FOIA request with the postal service for information on the devices used by the agency to hack cell phones. Critics argue USPIS is pushing outside the scope of its mission and needs to be held accountable. In recent years, the inspection service has gone outside its mission to monitor protesters across the country using facial recognition and social media monitoring tools without even implementing basic privacy protections required by federal law. According to Wiener, the USPIS believes it's not subject to the baseline rules that govern other agencies. The Postal Service is exempt from several rules that govern other agencies under the Postal Reorganization Act, leading some to question the proper role of USPIS. There's something very weird about having a law enforcement agency built into a postal service, Wiener told Just the News. It's not a format you see anywhere else. Several civil liberties experts expressed similar concerns to Yahoo News last year, questioning how the USPIS mandate can include some of its activities. If the individuals they are monitoring are carrying out or planning criminal activity, that should be the purview of the FBI, said Rachel Levinson-Waldman, Deputy Director of the Brennan Center for Justice. What? Brennan Center for Justice making a statement to the contrary. What? Anyways, uh, they said this, uh, the Liberty and National Security Program. If they're simply engaging in lawfully protected speech, even if it's odious or objectionable, then monitoring them on that basis raises serious constitutional concerns. Just the News asked USPIS to respond to critics alleging the agency is violating Americans' privacy and civil liberties and going outside the scope of its mission. The agency declined to comment. Dang, ladies and gentlemen, that is a whopper right there. And really, I gotta say... I feel like uh, I heard about this program a long time ago. Um, uh, like it was mentioned there in uh, the chat room that um, uh, they had they had heard a story about this a month ago or so. I feel I honestly feel kind of guys like I kind of feel like I heard that they were going to start using the postal service to spy on Americans sometime around the Patriot Act. Like I feel like I heard it back then. And it's just been totally lost in uh, the mix of things. I feel like it goes back that far or maybe to one of the NDAAs that we're talking about with like Obama. 
I think that's very possible uh, that that could be the case. Uh, when was this? Uh, when was this reorganization act again of the postal service? What was the year on that? Let me let me see. I think it said it here. Um, reorganization act. Reorganization act. I know I saw you here. We just read it. There we go. Uh, the postal service is exempt from several rules under the postal or reorganization act. So we don't got a year on that. So why don't we get a year on that, ladies and gentlemen, so we can figure out what the hell. Okay, so uh, let's just uh, let's just dip into. We'll close that one up. What a story, guys. That is a crazy story. Let's see here. Oh, well, hell. <laughs> the Postal Reorganization Act goes back quite some time. Um, it says here, we'll just wiki it, right? We'll just wiki it real quick. It says uh, the Postal Reorganization Act of 1970 was a law passed by the United States Congress that abolished the then United States Post Office Department, which was part of the cabinet and created the United States Postal Service, a corporation-like independent agency authorized by the U.S. government as an official service for the delivery of mail in the United States. So it had to have been updated after that. Um, Let me see here. Is there any word on an update? That's interesting. The United States Postal Service and American History, 1775 to 2006. Hmm. Well, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can dig into that at some point, guys. But, uh, wow, what, uh, what a story that is for us, guys. What a story. Let me see what you guys are saying over here real quick when we're talking about this. Hey, two in the pink, what's going on? Good evening, buddy. Welcome, welcome into the uh, seat chats. Thank you for gifting the phone. Hey, man, how goes it? It goes pretty good, sir. It's going pretty good. I must say so myself. Uh, I think I should go smeeze people into the seat chats. So be quiet, early. <laughs> you gonna go? You're gonna go be uh, gonna go be the uh, the messenger over there. Tam Girl says, no wine on a birthday, the nerve. Oh, you're telling me about it. Anyways, think I'll have a shot of tequila. Jose Cuervo is a friend of mine. I have to put it in the freezer. Hey, have a shot for uh, for the Sea Report tonight, uh, Sonia JHC, as we celebrate our one-year anniversary, our one-year birthday, our first revolution around the sun. Yeah, CJM61 says they saw this about a month ago. Yep. What is up with that, guys, with the, the post, Postal Service serving as a, uh, uh, a spying operation or even, uh, as they said, some type of uh, law enforcement within the Postal Service? Makes no sense. Why do they need to have a strong arm like the IRS does, right? Tam Girl says I don't put anything on my phone but text. Is that somehow included? I wouldn't doubt it. It, because they can extract your phone information and unlock it, probably. Kind of like a Patriot Access, Sonia JHC, gay key. Yep, I said it. I said it, gay key. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay, so no access granted for terrorist phones, but they have this crap, abuse on the loose. Indeed, do not sign up for USPS emails to show you what is scheduled to be delivered. Oh, that could be a good hot tip right there. Um, hey, Poonslayer, what's up? We are, we are the terrorists and have been since 1-6, uh, since 9-11 and the Patriot Act. Yep. 
That's what I think too. I feel like that's where I heard about this happening, but we, I either we never saw it implemented or heck guys, I was still, I was still, you know, not really awake back then when Patriot Act came around, started to wake up when it came around, but was not really awake. So it is very possible that that's when this was really going on. That's very possible. Very, very possible indeed. It's sad that we were being warned about all of this since the 1940s and nobody took it seriously. Uh-huh. What an acronym, ICOP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tam Girl says, I took it seriously and everyone thought I was crazy. <laughs> <coughs> Amazing, guys. Amazing. Hey, Bill Tech. Thanks for the anniversary wishes. Much appreciated. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, they do put weird ads on these stories, but yeah. So uh, before we move away from uh, just the news, let's see what else they had today. Navy allegedly defying a court order punishing SEALs seeking religious exemptions to vax mandate. That's not bueno. Tennessee congressional primary between MAGA rivals Ortegas Starbucks devolves into carpetbagging row. You guys want <laughs> You guys want to see that one? That one sounds uh, sounds kind of fun. We talked a little bit about uh, Ortegas and, and Starbuck. In fact, uh, Aurelius, I think he had passed us, uh, he had passed along a video about uh, Robbie Starbuck at the uh, CPAC of 2021, right? If I'm not mistaken. Maybe we can relish our uh, audience with that tonight. We'll, we'll do this. We'll do this story before we move on from just the news. Um, let's see here. Do we got, uh, do we got that? Um, man, he's been very active. Okay. Okay. So we're going to check out this video guys. Cause we're going to do this story next. So before we, uh, before we actually, uh, what is playing over here? Oh, my bad. Wrong computer. Uh, before we actually read this article about Robbie Starbuck and uh, this Ortegas clown, uh, let's take a look at uh, Robbie Starbuck's CPAC speech from 2021 and see what see what the man has to say, ladies and gentlemen. I believe this is the one that Aurelius Locke uh, passed over this way a couple of episodes ago. And then in this uh, in this Ortegas Starbuck um, MAGA feud. Rhino Ortegas has been endorsed, pre-endorsed by President Trump. Hey, man, he's not perfect. He's not perfect. But this is like, what, the third thing he's gotten wrong? No, and, and all of the things that he's done. So uh, he's still got a pretty good record. But it does happen, guys. It does happen. So, yeah, looking into Starbucks, who I might add, his wife is actually an activist against human trafficking. Okay? His wife is an activist against human trafficking. All right? And they worked in the music industry. Okay? I've just been going over stuff with Chester Bennington and, uh, you know, Avicii and, and, and Billy Corgan talking about the music industry. Mm-hmm. I know those are topics that are more reserved for a see in the dark, uh, but interesting stuff. Anyways, let's take a, let's, let's take a listen to uh, Robbie Starbucks speech at CPAC, and then we'll read that article with uh, just the news, and then we'll move on, ladies and gentlemen, 
we will move on. I think we're at 239 right now, actually. I'll put that up in a minute. Okay, here we go, guys. Please give a warm welcome to Robbie Starbuck. Hello, CPAC. How are you guys doing? If, if you don't know me already, I started out as a director producer in Hollywood. I've directed Oscar-winning actors, actresses, and some of the biggest music stars in the world. But in 2015, I came out as a Republican, the most unforgivable crime you can commit in Hollywood. And then I endorsed Trump, which they didn't know that you could do something worse than come out as Republican, but that was it. That was not a very popular thing to do. But I would do it all over again a million times if given the chance, despite losing 85% of our business in that first year and my little girl being called a racist because her Cuban dad <laughs> was conservative. Um, you know, and I would do it over and over again because this country gave me the opportunity to stand up. And that's something that a lot of people lose sight of. There's people in China and in Cuba who don't have that luxury. So I will stand up every single time. So today I am here to stand up and tell you that I am critically concerned about the relationship that big tech has with the Democratic Party and government at large. It doesn't stop just, you know, on the base level of, oh, there's censorship. If you pull a layer back, you'll see that at each one of these big tech companies, they are actually hiring people that have worked for the Democrats. At Twitter, their comms director worked for Kamala Harris as her press secretary. At Instagram, theirs used to work for Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton, and at Facebook, theirs worked for Barbara Boxer. The list goes on and on. I could be here my entire time slot if I kept going. To make matters worse, there's people in Congress who actually endorse their silencing of you, and not only that, they believe it should go a step further. They want there to be a social credit system because then you'll be so afraid to state your opinion that you'll hold it back for fear that your business will be destroyed, your access to the platforms will be destroyed. This is why we need to acknowledge as conservatives that we are in a culture war and we are losing. And if we want to win, we need to acknowledge that fact. Culture is an important question. They recently had Joe Biden on CNN, and they did something that I, I never thought CNN would do, but they asked him about the Uyghurs in China who are being raped, tortured, and children are being kidnapped, forced to praise China as their mother and to praise communism as their savior. They asked Joe Biden about it, and he said, it amounted to a mere cultural difference. I don't think that more disgusting words have ever left the lips of an American president. And it was at that moment that if you didn't already know that he was not an American president, that was the moment where you should have known he was China's first president of America. And, and why is that important? That's important because our own culture is shifting. So if he can discredit that to just a mere cultural difference, what will the leader of the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party at large do when our own culture shifts to a point where I can give you an example. Recently, a lawyer at PBS, yes, PBS, where they make children's show, a lawyer there called for Republicans' children to be put into re-education camps. So what happens if our own culture shifts to that point where that becomes acceptable? I think we all know the answer to that. And that's why we have to fight back. So I want to praise the people who are doing it right. People like the Daily Wire, who just hired Gina Carano after she was fired by Disney and Lucasfilms. 
Ron DeSantis and Josh Hawley, who are fighting in le through legislation. And now to all of us, what we need to do, we need to put the pressure on our AGs, our state legislatures, our congressmen, congresswomen. We need to pressure our governors to go ahead and bring that fight the same way that Ron DeSantis and Josh Hawley have and people like Matt Gates, who's following after me. Our biggest donors need to match them with funding because we are not going to be given a seat at the table by these people in Hollywood. It is never going to happen. We have to build our own pillars of culture in academia, publishing, music, film, all around. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about something that's narrowly attractive. I'm talking about something that's broadly attractive to everybody because that's how the left got here. They Subtlety to change the minds of children, reaffirmed it at college, and then the kids came home hating the values their parents had raised them with. We can't allow that to happen for another generation, so I am calling us all to action. You know, Ronald Reagan once said that we had a time for choosing, and I'm saying that we have a time for choosing again. If we want this party to survive, we need to go back to his words. Reagan once said that we face the greatest enemy in man's long climb from the swamp to the stars, and that if we lose that war, that in so doing, we would lose this freedom of ours. He then said that history would record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to stop it. We need to make sure that that's not how history records us. He went on to tell a story about a Cuban refugee and two businessmen, where the two businessmen were listening to the refugee tell his story. One businessman turned to the other and said, we don't realize how lucky we are. And the Cuban turned to them and said, no, you don't realize how lucky I am. I had some place to go to. And in that sentence, he told the entire story because this is our last stand. This is freedom's last stand. If America falls, freedom falls. And so we all need to double our efforts. We all need to double our efforts and make sure that we left nothing on the table because this is a fight worth having, this is a country worth saving, and freedom is something that should be a human right. And we are the fighters who need to ensure that the next generation has it. This country is what makes possible for my own mom to come from Cuba, going into the unknown, leaving the only home she'd ever known after it was stolen by communism, only able to bring one item with her, she brought a doll that was passed down in the family, and that doll, its head was smashed in by a soldier. And I say that because I want you to know that that's what leftism does. It steals everything from you. And so this is our last stand. I hope you join me in fighting for freedom. That's why I'm able to stand up here. That freedom in America is the reason I can be here and say that I am running for Congress in the state of Tennessee in 2022. <laughs> Thank you guys. And lastly, I just wanna say that uh, this is my last remark. Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, a wave of lions is coming in 2022. We will not allow you to get away with what you've gotten away with anymore. 
You fight for the establishment, we fight for the people, so get ready because you are going to have the biggest fight on your hands that you two have ever had, and that goes for everybody else in big tech. Thank you, guys. Who, who did he call out? He didn't say Jeff Zucker, did he, by any chance? Did he say Jeff Zucker? No, he said Mark, he said Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, just making sure... <laughs> Just making sure he didn't call out Jeff Zucker, because Zucker is currently, uh, he's going to miss the Lion Pack, apparently, uh, since he's no longer with CNN, as we know. Okay, let's take a look at this last article from Just the News before we move on to another news source for us tonight. Let me get this ribbon off the screen. Okay, very, very good. great guy. Great guy from what I can see. Of course, I don't have a uh, horse in the race over there in Tennessee, but, uh, you know, it seems like some of the friends, Aurelius Locke has uh, spoken with him before. Uh, his message overall seems to resonate. There's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so for Tennessee, guys, and, uh, of course... There's already a little bit of a chat banter about uh, President Trump nominating a rhino. I think all around, you know, uh, people have a good sense about how to accept this type of uh, a recommendation from the boss, otherwise known as President Trump. What were you guys saying? Uh, Trump is not perfect, but right most of the time. He has advisors that sometimes lead him wrongly. That's very true. Um, let's see here. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? I never pay attention to Trump endorsements, but too many, uh, but, uh, been too many meetups with candidates. That's how I do it anyway. Very good. Uh, and yes, I know he is, he's been fighting on the right side of things since before Trump, as far as Robbie Starbucks track record goes. And we got pilled by the rabbit. This third rock spinning around in space is a better place because of the sea report. Ah, happy anniversary. Thank you, pilled by the rabbit. I appreciate that. Those, that's a nice little, uh, that was a nice little hallmark moment, pilled by the rabbit. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much for those sentiments, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, guys, let us go and uh, see what this article has to say. Uh, again, we're talking about this Ortegas woman. Okay. All right. Let's read the article, guys. It says, uh, under state GOP eligibility rules, a primary candidate must have voted in at least three of the last four statewide primary elections. But Robbie Starbuck has never voted in a Tennessee GOP primary, according to Tennessee Star. Whoa, that don't sound good. It says the Republican primary race in Tennessee's 5th Congressional District has degenerated into a fight about carpetbagging amid allegations that conservative filmmaker Robbie Starbuck is ineligible to run for the party's nomination for House seat based on his limited voting history in the state. According to Tennessee Republican Party Chairman Scott Golden, a qualifying GOP congressional candidate in the state must have voted in at least three of the last four statewide primary elections. Starbuck reportedly said in a January 21 radio interview that he previously cast ballots in two Tennessee GOP primaries, but Starbuck has never voted in a prior GOP primary in the state, according to the Tennessee Star. The news outlet reports that when it questioned Starbuck about the issue, he responded by posting a profanity-laced video online. Oh, no. 
Not bueno. Wilson County Republican Chair Brad Lytle said Starbuck hasn't sent him any information regarding his voting history to satisfy the statewide primary voting requirement, which is part of the state GOP bylaws. Starbuck could not be reached for comment before publication. Uh, President Trump, oh, Mergen, Mergen Ortegas, President Trump endorsed the former Deep State Department spokesperson in the race. Although she hasn't formally announced that she is running for the seat, Ortegas tweeted that she is delighted. I'm just going to skip over her uh, thing. Ortegas currently works for Rubicon Founders in Nashville, according to the Tennessee Star and the company's website. Her LinkedIn page shows that she started in the position last February. It is unclear if Ortegas would satisfy the voting record requirement for qualified GOP candidates. Ortegas could not be reached for comment as well. Andy Ogles, mayor of Maury County, Tennessee, said on a talk radio show that carpetbaggers could still run for a congressional seat as Republicans in Tennessee. You can import your voting record, he said. So let's say you lived in Georgia and you just moved here and you've always voted in Republican primaries. You can import that record as part of your record here. So it's not excluding someone who just moved here as far as becoming bona fide. Just the News contacted Lytle, the state GOP chair, to see if the party's bylaws would allow Starbuck and Ortegas to import their voting record from other states. Article 9 of the Tennessee GOP bylaws lays out the standard, which essentially is active in the party, voted in three-fourths or be vouched for, he said. Okay. Your voting record does follow you from county to county and state to state. So a registered Georgia Republican who voted in the congressional primary in 2016 would be used to verify his her bona fide status for a Tennessee office in 2022. Lytle said Starbuck and Ortegas would qualify as candidates in the GOP primary if they previously voted in other states, provided that those primaries are the last four. You can't have voted in 2010 and 2012 and use those votes towards your bona fide status, for example. Oh, man. So the plot thickens here, guys. I guess we'll have to see. uh, I guess we'll have to see uh, what's up with that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, And we'll have to see if Starbuck indeed does have a voting history in other places other than Tennessee. And uh, hopefully... That was sometime in the last, you know, uh, the last few years. Yep. Wow. Mergen Ortegas. Don't like the uh, sound of that woman at all. Guys, don't like the sound of that woman at all. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is that. As they say, I guess we'll see where that story goes and uh, whether or not either of those two will fit the bill. All right, let's see what we got next. Uh, We are going to go over to the pages of Breitbart next, guys. Admittedly, I I like looking at Breitbart's uh, news. I know know that they have uh, some questions from, you know, some of the uh, community out there, but I think they still uh, do some pretty good uh, reporting and stories. I mean, after all, it is one of their own who wrote this book here. The red-handed Peter Schweitzer, he's like what? He's like a senior writer for, Bright, for Breitbart. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and uh, the, he's not the only one. They had another staffer that did a really good expose book, uh, you know, not too long ago that was talking about um, the left and their NGOs and the organizations and the money that they put into candidates and stuff like that. 
Uh, but let's see what Breitbart has to say today as we do this, uh, uh, you know, uh, kind of breakdown. Uh, so Stefanik Cawthorn supporting appoint, support appointing special counsel on Biden family ties. So Biden family China ties. Uh, that, that this is really breaking everything wide open, guys. They this book has uh, stories about Bush, has stories about Biden, has stories about member uh, members of the tech crew. You know, uh, Silicon Valley, other uh, other. Um, uh, elected officials just busting their whole uh, their whole uh, support and love and business dealings with uh, communist China. Good stuff. Uh, Shanjo says uh, CPAC is t- the 24th through the 27th of this month. Oh, it's going to be a little bit uh, short notice to get over there, right? Boo-hoo, Mr. C. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Senate Dems push media cartel bill on same day as CNN Zucker scandal. What do you think that is, guys? That could be something worth looking into. What is this media cartel bill that uh, the Dems are trying to push? Uh, police confirm no assault on officers at Alberta border blockade. Huh. Could this have something to do with people encouraging, uh, you know, the American truckers to uh, whip out their pistols and run into truck cars? Hmm, I don't know. We'll, we'll go ahead and skip over that one. Quebec Premier willing to meet with Freedom Convoy. Biden's deliberate support of illegal immigration could lead to impeachment. There's so many articles of impeachment. They should be drawing them up right now, to be quite honest. Uh, Zucker resigns in disgrace just weeks before CNN Plus streaming platform launch. <laughs> oh, man. Have a great night, Aurelius Luck. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, throughout the day today, sir. You get some rest. You have a safe travel tomorrow uh, and, and whatever you do. Much love, bro. MSNBC's Wallace, Liz Cheney saying, F the laws. We are holding buffoon Trump accountable. Wallace? Are they talking about Chris Wallace? The guy who's going to CNN Plus? Uh, Or he's talking about some other Wallace, probably. Anyways. uh, Shaheen leaked Afghanistan notes underscore my concerns about handling withdrawal. Ethics watchdog calls for FEC investigation into Democrat Representative Marie Newman. Um, Apparent road rage incident in New Jersey leads to serious wreck. Senator Blackburn promotes bill to protect female athletes from trans competition. Meet the American skier seeking multiple Olympic gold for communist China. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, Let's see here. MSNBC's Johnson. Trump is such a direct danger to American democracy. Yada, yada, yada. He has to be jailed. Of course, they want to jail up people who are fighting for liberty and freedom and the sovereignty of people and its nation. Of course. Uh, Biden admins migrant remain in Mexico restart lags at border. (laughs) Lags? Lags? That thing fell through from day one even during the supposed relaunch, okay? House Republicans seek to bankrupt corporate-funded NGOs aiding Biden's mass invasion. That sounds kind of interesting. We'll pop that one open. Putin speaks, blames U.S. for trying to tempt Russia into invading Ukraine again, okay? We, t- we talked about uh, Russia at length, at length earlier today. Republican New Mexico State Senate, uh, Senate pushing gun control after rust shooting. Oh, really? 
So because of this uh, Alec Baldwin guy, they're going to try and force gun control on the people of New Mexico because he shot someone. That sounds kind of suspect, if you ask me. Why now? Everyone knew CNN Zucker had a relationship with subordinate. Um, one of biggest open secrets in media staffers ignored until, ah, eh, maybe we'll entertain that one too. <laughs> Bad bromance. Fredo's legal team busts Zucker. <laughs> He's caught in a bad bromance. Okay. I, you guys can hang me for that one. I'm sorry. Okay. So it's okay. Uh, Mike Lee. Media cartel bill would benefit New York Times and the Washington Compost. Blackburn slams collusion between big tech, big news at media cartel hearing. Hmm. Those sound like some things that we could uh, double up on. Black Americans sue New York City for racially discriminatory policy allowing foreign nationals to vote. That one sounds like fun. Okay, let's see what we got here, guys. We'll, uh, I'm going to also click on this one as well. well. We'll go ahead and see what they're offering us right now. Right on the here and now, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Breitbart, for uh, bringing us these interesting headlines at this hour. Shabam. All right, Senate Dems push media cartel bill on same day as CNN's Zucker scandal. What's it, what's it going to say here? What's it going to say? Look over there! Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, China is going to do DNA on athletes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like fun, right? All right, this article says, as details emerged about the resignation of CNN President Jeff Zucker after he admitted a sexual relationship with a subordinate, Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee were holding a hearing on a bill that would allow the corporate media to form a state-sanctioned cartel to protect themselves from online competition. If the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, again, Orwellian Lies and Propaganda, passes... Big media companies would be able to strike deals with Facebook, GoOgle, Twitter, and other tech giants that would prioritize their content to the detriment of podcasters, YouTubers, Substack authors, and other forms of independent media. The hearing occurred just hours after the news of Zucker's resignation from CNN primed to benefit from a potential media cartel hit the street. All right, so I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying there, uh, Sonia JHC. Look here, not there. So while they're trying to get this passed, they have Zucker being dethroned. So that this way you're not paying attention. It's kind of like that whole uh, uh, Facebook whistleblower hoopha that was going on, right? Man, these guys are good at, uh, at uh, you know, swiveling the necks of everyone that is uh, involved. Um, so it goes on to say, a line in the bill allows members of the state-sanctioned cartel to exclude any company that is not similarly situated to them from the benefits of their negotiations with the tech giants. It would also exclude any journalist who does not have a dedicated professional editorial staff that publishes news content on at least a weekly basis, effectively excluding independent journalists who run small operations on Substack, YouTube, and other platforms. At the hearing, the lead sponsor of the bill, Senator Amy Klobuchar, go figure, 
um, insisted that the antitrust carve out was necessary to protect protect the news media. Right? They're gonna they're gonna call a national security now, even though, as expert witness Dan Gaynor of the Media Research Center pointed out, Americans' trust in the media is at historic lows. Corporate media already benefits from better treatment by social media algorithms than smaller independent outlets, said Gaynor, who had a long career as a local news reporter before joining MRC. Consolidating their already enormous advantages only makes them even more powerful, and all this happens when Americans' trust in media is near an epic low. Another expert witness at the hearing, Harvard Law Fellow and former FTC Deputy Director for Digital Markets, Dr. Daniel Francis, also cautioned against passing the controversial bill. I cannot think of anything the country needs less now or ever than a national media cartel, said Francis. Cartels are the supreme evil of antitrust, continued Francis. They are so reliably harmful that we extradite and imprison people who form them. They are automatically illegal in civil litigation with no justification allowed at law. And for decades, the Justice Department has had a flagship policy project of fighting cartels and opposing exemptions just like this one. Prior to this hearing, the JCPA had been condemned by a wide swath of policy experts and journalists from across the political spectrum, including FCC Commissioner Nathan Symington, communications law expert Professor Adam Kandub, award-winning independent journalist Glenn Greenwald, and the liberal advocacy organization, the Electronic Frontier Foundation. House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy bleh, has called the bill the antithesis of conservatism. The bill has been strongly opposed by Representative Jim Jordan and Senators Marsha Blackburn, Marco Rubio, and Tom Cotton. As Senate Democrats and media lobbyists present at the hearing attempted to explain why the discredit established media, which already makes hundreds of millions to billions of dollars through online subscriptions, needs bailing out, CNN hosts debated the network's latest sex scandal, which felled company boss Jeff Zucker. New York Magazine, another liberal establishment outlet uh, that would benefit from Senator Klobuchar's media cartel bill, admitted that Zucker's relationship with his subordinate was one of the biggest open secrets in media, kept hush-hush by corporate media journalists until now. According to reports, Zucker's relationship only came to light because of allegations made by the legal team of former top CNN host Chris Cuomo, who was fired from the company due to his own sex scandal. As this was unfolding, Dan Gaynor of the Media Research Center was trying to explain to senators that the media industry they were contemplating bailing out has never been less trusted by Americans. According to Gallup, Americans' trust in media to report the news fully, accurately, and fairly has fallen to just 36%, said Gaynor. For Republicans, the number stands out at 11%. Why then are we bailing out corporate media when ordinary Americans would rather find new sources find new sources of information? The New York Times just spent $550 million in cash purchasing The Athletic, which, according to journalists uh, Aaron uh, Pilhofer, covers 270-plus sports teams in more than 47 local markets, continued Gaynor. The Times has placed itself in direct competition with every local news site for the same pool of subscribers. The Times already has more than 8 million paid subscribers, so why are we helping them? 
The Washington, D.C. area used to have a thriving chain of community weeklies. The Gazette was founded in 1959 and grew to a 550,000 550, circulation in suburban Maryland. They were closed down by their owners, the Washington Compost, in 2015. In 2021, the Post achieved record-breaking digital advertising. It also, it's also owned by big tech billionaire Jeff Bezos. He purchased the company in 2013, two years before it killed the chain of weeklies. So why are we helping them? Good question, guys. Good question. Wow. Uh, it's a good thing we got our heads on right and they're not in a swivel because uh, that one would have flown right over our heads. And then, and then there would definitely be no chance that uh, the C report would ever push into, you know, some type of, uh, yeah. Anyways, okay. Uh, let me uh, let me reference this other one real quick before we move on. Okay, these ones are still following in the same vein of what we just read. Sean Joe says uh, the Cuomo brothers have the dirt on everyone, especially the media and the Dems. Oh, boy. They have their uh, life insurance, right? Sean Joe, Relanon, thank you so much for the cookies. Much appreciated, sirs. And uh, let's see here. Cuomo answered questions for five hours deposition style, according to Drunk Pinata. Uh, might find on YouTube. Uh-huh. Oh, you mean the deposition? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what that was about, but uh, let's see here. New York Magazine, Jeff Zucker's relationship with Alison Golist, one of the biggest open secrets in media. Let's just see if it talks about why now. It's got to be this whole bill is the reason why now. Unless it's uh, the Cuomo thing. What's the, what's the angle here, guys? I don't know. I don't follow these yahoos and these clowns enough to assess that based on my own amateur analysis. Um... Let's see. Zucker on Wednesday morning announced he was stepping down. Zucker did not name Golist in his memo. The CNN marketing boss has previously served as communications director for disgraced former New York governor Andrew Cuomo, who resigned last summer. Who's getting away with everything. CNN executive vice president's Michael Bass. Okay, so no, it didn't really. You're like, you really read that fast, Mr. C. Yeah, just uh, I was wondering... Zucker and Gola's relationship was one of the biggest open secrets in media. CNN staffers awkwardly navigated the pairing since every time they dealt with her, they were keenly aware that she was involved with the boss. They were rolling their eyes at Gola's own statement that said, recently, our relationship changed during COVID. It had been going on for much longer. Page six would wink at it from time to time. And the two have known each other since they worked together at NBC decades ago. Okay, so it's, I guess, a little bit more light shedding on the entire situation there. Let's move next. Marsha Blackburn slams collusion between big tech. I don't know, Marsha, you kind of uh, voted to accept the Electoral College vote there on January 6th. Do I really want to hear from you, Marsha? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? Hmm? Senator Marsha Blackburn slammed collusion between big tech and big media. Big news and big tech team up and filter the news, she said. And really take control of what you hear and what you see when it comes to news. When I go to Tennessee, I hear a lot about this from Tennesseans and they don't like it. They feel that their views are not being represented and they're very concerned about whether they can or cannot trust mainstream media. 
All right, so uh, we get a little bit of a huffing and a puffing from Marsha Blackburn. She who decided to go ahead and accept the electoral college um, slates that were presented at the uh, big coup on January 6th. Okay, I think we're I think we're good there. And the rest of this article, it seems to highlight what we've already read. A line in the bill allows members of the state-sanctioned cartel to exclude any company that is not similarly situated and does not produce or publish brand new news stories, at least on the weekly. Okay, so we'll move on to the next story from Breitbart before we uh, move on to one final uh, rag that we like to review in the independence. Oh, what about Blagojevich from Chicago? Good question. Good question. I think that guy was asking some questions he wasn't supposed to be asking. And that's why he suffered the fate that he did. Yeah, Blago could be another bomb, but he is not connected like the Cuomo's. Blago does not want does not want to be found uh, face down in Lake Michigan. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, they already put him in jail for trying to sell his seat. <laughs> or sell Obama's seat, my bad. Soft disclosure on deposition. We'll have to look into that. I mean, I don't know if I could take a Chris or Chris Cuomo deposition uh, five hours. Check this out. Chris Cuomo deposition released with redacted. Redacted what? Now I'm curious, guys. Now I'm curious. Oh, and you get Mr. C curious. Okay, they have Deputy uh, Deputy Communications Director Josh Vlasto. A nine-hour deposition, guys. Um, let's see here. What is this? Alex Jones, I had a form of psychosis. Oh, man, is he trying to make the independent media look any more crazier than they already called? Okay, well, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to, I guess, dig in. Unless y'all guys want to hear that analysis. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, let me see here. Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it. Let's do it. That's why birds do it, bees do it, even friendly Mr. C's do it. Let's do it. Christopher Cuomo, the former CNN anchor that was busted for covering for his brother, former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Well, back during that investigation, Christopher was being deposed. He was being interviewed by attorneys from the New York Attorney General's office, trying to get to the bottom of the whole Governor Cuomo thing. And that deposition has now been released. We're going to go through it. I've got several different clips. We're going to review exactly what Christopher Cuomo was talking about in these depositions. And they get more interesting as we go on. We're going to see that near the end, we have redacted audio depots. So we can see that Christopher Cuomo is going to be talking and answering questions and responding to things. But we're not going to hear what it says because it's all been redacted. But we are going to be able to take a look at Christopher Cuomo's face see how this feels. Let's start with the first clip. Here is the general observation. Now, to preface this out, Christopher Cuomo is being asked about his brother, 
Andrew Cuomo, the former governor of New York, that has allegedly been involved in inappropriate touching with a number of members of the governor's staff. They ask him about it. Uh, Chris, have you ever seen your brother, you know, inappropriately touching anybody? Here's how that sounds. Um, on any occasion, whether these events or some other event, um, have you observed the governor touching members of his staff? Yes. What kind of touching? Under oath. Um, uh, the customary touching for him and hellos and goodbyes. Can you tell us what is the customary touching for Governor Cuomo for hellos and goodbyes? Uh-oh. Um, hand on the arm. Uh, the men, women, um, affectionate. Um, if you can you hear know, somebody scribbling. Gonna, you know, shake hands, but hand on your arm, two arms. If it's me, hug and kiss. Um, yeah, we saw it. Uh, women, if he knows them, um, he's going to, you know, do the lean in kiss thing. You know, yeah. he's affectionate. Yeah, he's affectionate. Um, let, let's start with the men and make sure I just have an understanding. So with men, the customary greeting you've observed for Governor Cuomo is to grab them on the forearm or maybe both forearms while shaking hands. Handshake, handshake, grab, yeah. you know, hand, hug. It depends who the person is. Um, but Andrew can be, you know. Very affectionate. Very affectionate. Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen a lot of it. We saw a lot of the different mashups that got spread around all uh, over the media. We played many of them here. Is quite affectionate, but you can see exactly what this attorney is doing. When you go into a deposition and you're doing an interview like this, those kind of flippant general answers that maybe sound like you can normally get away with those in a regular conversation don't fly. Well, you know the standard greetings. Well, let's talk about those. What are the standard greetings? Because obviously we have some differences of opinion about what those might look like. The next clip is about Miss Boylan. This is one of Governor Cuomo's former aides. She was saying that there was a forcible touching of some type. They're asking him about this specifically. Have you ever seen anything about this? Did you ever hear anybody mention whether this was consensual or non-consensual. Here's Christopher Cuomo. Governor, the governor denied that he had forcibly kissed Miss Boylan. Did the governor ever say he had kissed her not forcibly? No. Were you part of any conversation in which any of the governor's physical interactions with Miss Boylan were discussed? Maybe uh, in terms of how his customary greetings or whatever may have been an aspect of what Boylan was talking about. And I remember that being rejected heavily. I may have even suggested it at some point. I didn't talk so much uh, early on. And I may have said, you know, is the, you know, I remember thinking at least, you know, could she have gotten something wrong? I mean, you know, people can misconstrue things all the time in good faith. And I remember it just being dismissed out of hand that any of this was about confusion or not understanding something as it was intended. That this was all intentional. She was making it up and she was doing it to hurt Andrew. And nobody was surprised that she was doing that. Nobody surprised. So the entire premise of the discussion was she had made everything up. Yes. Very interesting. What's happening here is She's asking about a specific type of conduct, whether there was any actual kissing. And so how do you categorize that kissing? 
Well, one, it could be forcible or one, it could be consensual. And so he says, okay, Mr. Christopher Cuomo, when you had conversations with your brother about everything that was going on, you're at CNN, he's the governor, you're all sort of strategizing on how to work your way through this. Was there ever a conversation about whether it was in fact consensual if it's not coerced? And he said, oh, we didn't even think about it that way at all. In fact, we thought it was exactly all fake. So we never even got to the threshold issue of a kiss. We never talked about consensual or forcible because the entire story was made up from the beginning. The premise from day one was that she wanted to go and harm the governor, and that's how they were operating. Next clip we have here is about the public perception from a statement that came out on February 27th. And if you've been a part of this channel, we talked a lot about Cuomo and uh, his activities that were uncovered by the New York Attorney General's office, Letitia James. Here, they're talking about the statement and how Christopher Cuomo actually helped Letitia James, I'm sorry, helped Christopher Cuomo, helped Governor Cuomo with this public statement that happened like this. What did you tell Governor Cuomo was your take on public perception on his February 27th statement? This is a problem and you have to explain it and you have to own that this was bad judgment. Um, and that has to be clear. I mean, my opinion never changed. And so I guess I'm just trying to understand, was, was your view or take that you expressed to Governor Cuomo that this statement didn't sufficiently own it? No, but just that it, it was going to be a continuing concern. This wasn't a one day story. And what did you tell him about public perception about this statement? That as a Democrat, this was not going to just go away and he was going to have to deal with it and that he had to assume that people in his party were going to come after him. Did you advise your brother to do anything after February 27th, after this statement was issued? With respect to? The allegations of sexual harassment against him. So the statement comes out, you have a conversation with him about your take on public perception. What's the next thing that you're involved in with respect to the allegations of sexual harassment? I mean, there were more. So as there were more, he would ask me to listen to what was being said and help him. Um, were you involved in the preparation of Governor Cuomo for a press conference in early March? I was on uh, some of the conversations about it. And it was a very frenetic process. And I just defaulted to speaking to him directly. Um, about reinforcing the points that I've made to you. I'm happy to repeat them if you'd like okay. me to. But that was my mantra. Did you ask to participate in the prep for the press conference in early March? I don't know about exactly that press conference, but I did from time to time when I felt that I was being, I was out of a loop for something that I wanted to understand so that I could have some sense of whether or not this was being handled the way I thought it should. Okay, we'll cut it there because uh, Tam Gural makes a very good point in uh, the chat room, guys, is that 
regardless of all of these depositions and what it might lead to and what we could infer, point of the matter is at this point, guys, Andrew Cuomo is going to walk for everything. He's going to walk for any of these uh, lovey-dovey, highly affectionate moments that he had, right, with these women and those lawsuits, which this was all clearly a cover-up, okay? It was it was to cover over the nursing home death scandal that happened under Governor Cuomo's watch with Melissa de Rossi and her family of people tied to the, what, the Greater New York Health Systems Alliance or whatever that was called. All of that, all of that happened with Governor Cuomo. And don't forget, Melissa de Rossi was his, like, chief head secretary, okay? And she also has familial, familial relations with the lead attorney in the Southern District of New York and also her brother, in law, her father, they're all tied to the medical and the hospital systems, all of that. Okay, so let Christopher, let Litterfredo have his day of depositions, right? Let them all, whatever. Point of the matter is, mission accomplished. Whomever is, uh, and maybe Miss Melissa De Rossi, she's the one who uh, she's the one who kind of started to out all of this stuff. Maybe she had something to do with all of that. But uh, point of the matter is that when it, it boiled back down to when it boiled back down to uh, to um, uh, the, these whole sexual harassment allegations versus the nursing home death scandals, these sexual harassment allegations cleared him of any accountability. All right. He should see his day in court for that. Justice needs to be served against him for the family members and the people of New York that suffered that heinous crime. Okay. By this edict, this mandate that they passed. So this way they could enrich themselves because they all made money the more COVID patients and deaths they had. The more money they got from the federal government, the more taxpayer money they got. Okay, so um, yeah, most definitely, guys. It's 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 an, a mute point now. What uh, Cuomo says in these depositions, it's a mute point because he's walking. His brother Andrew Andrew Cuomo is walking. Nipple rings. Cuomo is walking, ladies and gentlemen. Do you guys need to show you? Do you guys need me to show you why we call him Nipple Rings Cuomo here at the C Report? <laughs> we'll do it just like we did Hoods Pelosi. Okay, it's our one year anniversary. We'll take you back to the classics. What do you think about that, guys? <laughs> oh, Lord. You got it, ladies and gentlemen, just because you asked for it. The city's so nice, they named it twice. <laughs> Nipple rings Cuomo. Yeah, that was, uh, that was... <laughs> That was most definitely his um, nickname here when we started doing the C report. Okay, I'll get it off the screen. I'll get it off the screen. Okay, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's do this last article here from Breitbart. We got uh, Black Americans sue New York City for racially discriminatory. Hear that, hear that, here and now, ladies and gentlemen. 
racial discrimination against black Americans in uh, New York because uh, this new voting policy allows foreign nationals to vote. You want to talk about suppressing the vote, ladies and gentlemen? You want to talk about suppressing the vote? Let's see what this is all about. Let's take a gander. Black Americans in New York City, New York, have filed a lawsuit against the city for giving municipal voting rights to nearly a million foreign nationals. As Breitbart News has chronicled, Democrats on the 51-member New York City Council approved 51-member New York City Council. Dang, that's a lot of members. A plan last month that allows more than 800,000 foreign nationals with green cards, visas, and work permits the opportunity to vote in citywide elections so long as they have resided in the city for at least 30 consecutive days. Now, four black Americans and New York City residents, Phyllis Coachman, DeRoy Murdoch, Catherine James, and Anthony Gilhise, have filed suit with the help of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Go PILF! We love PILF! Here at the Sea Report, PILF is right up there with, uh, with uh, Tom Fitton and uh, his outfit and James... Well, James O'Keefe is in a league of his own, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, Judicial Watch, Public Interest Legal Foundation, all good. They're excellent, excellent organizations that fight for... Uh, Truth and Justice in America, Public Interest Legal Foundation focuses specifically on election laws and litigation. So if you're looking for another uh, another organization of interest, I highly recommend I recommend PILF, the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Now, it says here their lawsuit accuses the city's board of elections of violating the 15th Amendment by imposing a racially discriminatory policy that is set to drastically dilute the voting power of American citizens in New York City, and specifically of black Americans. Well, if there wasn't a time and place that we really wanted social and racial justice, uh, this is actually a good moment here, because they're using it against this uh, uh, an unconstitutional um, um, edict that has been passed by the 51-member panel of city um, uh, city council members. It says here... All of the relevant indicia demonstrates uh, that a racially discriminatory purpose was a motivating factor in the passage of the Foreign Citizen Voting Bill. The lawsuit states the New York City Council was aware of the discriminatory impact that the Foreign Citizen Voting Bill would have on the voting strength of black voters. These concerns were raised by council members. Emphasis added, despite this discriminatory impact and the knowledge that the New York City Council was without legal authority to grant foreign citizens the right to vote, the council moved forward and passed the bill. The lawsuit cites United States Census Bureau data, which shows how the policy will shift voting power from New York City's dwindling black American population toward its booming foreign-born population. The sponsors of the bill are aware of this racial composition and passed the bill with the intent to strengthen the power of Hispanic and Asian powers and reduce the power of other racial groups, a PILF news release states. Of the approximately 1 million foreign nationals in New York City, approximately 488,000 are Hispanic and 343,000 are Asian. 
Councilman Reverend Ruben Diaz had warned that the policy would dilute the votes of the city's citizens while shifting electoral power to foreign nationals with ties to the United Nations, Wall Street, and the global financial system. This is the second lawsuit to drop against the policy. Last month, the New York State Republican Party naturalized American citizens and a Democrat city councilman filed a lawsuit against New York City, alleging the policy is in violation of the state's constitution. The case is Coachman versus New York City Board of Elections in the Supreme Court of New York. Wowzers. Yeah, uh, hearing about that entire ordeal over there with uh, allowing internationals to vote in our uh, elections. Well, New York City and their elections. That was a whopper, ladies and gentlemen. That was a whopper. Um so uh, I don't know, guys. Uh, we'll see how that goes now. This whole thing, though, is that um, it dwindles the black vote. It's just crazy, guys. Uh, but that's, that is good points. The people who will be allowed to vote now have ties to United Nations, have ties to Wall Street. That's going to radically swing uh, the vote there. You want to talk about voter suppression? Well, they never talk about it when it's uh, it's something that the Democrats or Democrat-run or progressive-run council members and cities, whenever it's something that they want to do, no one seems to care, right? No one seems to call that voter suppression. But, uh, yep, Sonia GHC, absolutely unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. Absolutely. What are you guys talking about? To swing on polls, okay? <laughs> I don't know, G. Tam Growl. He must be. He must be some sicko dressing in leather, swinging up. <laughs> that is some funny stuff right there. That is some funny stuff. Swinging on polls. Could you picture Andrew Cuomo doing that, right? Maybe him and Mike Pence hanging out at the uh, the local flower lounge or something like that. I don't know. I'm just kind of... I think I'm starting to get delirious. We're in, what, hour number eight or nine here for today's uh, one-year anniversary extravaganza. Thank you all for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. It's been uh, quite a fun time. Okay. Let me do a quick look at, not the clock, I'm aware of what time it is, but um, thanks for hanging out with us this late, y'all. We're, we're doing like hard news this late in the evening. Not always an easy thing to do. Let's see here. Let's, uh, Let's look at a couple of articles from one last rag of the independence, and then we'll probably call it a night because I've been at this basically all day long. And, you know, the hour is getting late, ladies and gentlemen, so I don't want to uh, be too long, even though I ah, hey, Sean Joe, hey, Sean Joe, hey, Relanon, thanks for gifting the cookies. <laughs> Tam Growl's punch drunk. Did you get that wine, Tam Growl? I hope you had one for me. Thank you again for the cookie, Relanon. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your support today. So we'll look at the Epoch Times, ladies and gentlemen. I've decided to give them a little bit of a pass, even though they're not really great at covering election integrity, not as well as others have and do. Uh, but what do they have on their radar, as it were? 
Let's see. U.S. officials' handling of the pandemic is ellipse, ellipse, ellipse. Tam Grell, thank you for the can. Cheers again for Mr. C. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. Injecting beagle puppies with cocaine. What? Injecting beagle puppies with cocaine. Oh my God, guys. It gets worse. It gets worse. Why don't we wrap it up with some Fauci stuff, right? Oh my goodness. That is crazy, guys. Oh, check this out. 499 Arizonans claim stores as legal residences. What the heck? Oh my... Oh my days. Okay, they're popping out some stories here in the late midnight hour. North Carolina agrees to release records showing... Foreigners voted. Oh, lordy. We're going to have some stuff to cover on tomorrow's C-Report, guys. I'm going to save that one for tomorrow. Georgia Secretary of State calls for release of secret report on Dominion voting machines. We don't care about that one. Uh, Pennsylvania court strikes down no excuse mail-in ballots. Uh, We read that one already uh, a day or so ago. We'll save we'll save the Arizona residents for tomorrow as well. Um, that's uh, that that'll be some good news uh, for the uh, for the um, election integrity front, if you know what I mean, ladies and gentlemen. Exclusive Donald Trump. We have to end the mandates. Ah. Durham filing rebuts Inspector General Horowitz's claims on missing cell phones, hints at growing rift. Oh, we need to talk Durham. We need to talk Durham on the C-Report proper, guys. We have not been able to talk about Durham properly. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Don't forget, tomorrow we're also going to air part two of the uh, Putin and the, um, um, the Putin, what is it called again? The Putin Oliver Stone um, interview. Man, if you guys missed part one of that interview, I highly recommend you get on Twitch or you get on Clout Hub and you check it out or just search it. It's a really, really good interview, guys. Really good. Sean Joe Relanon, Sean Joe Relanon. Thank you for the cookies so much. Tam Grau for the can. Thank you so much. Sonia GHC says, you've done a great job, Mr. C. Thank you very much. Much love and God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Man, some of the stories that we're going to... Man, we're going to have some really good stories for tomorrow. Tam Grell says, Fauci has not been on mainstream media in a week. What's going on, right? What's going on, Fauci boy? Why are you hiding? Why are you hiding, Fauci? Okay, okay. Let's just do the Fauci story. Center for COVID Control faked COVID-19 test results. Ooh, let's... Okay, we'll do those two. We'll close up tonight's show with these two stories. I just I just have a feeling I'm going to be totally enraged at this. God, man. I oh god. Okay. Okay, guys. Get your bearings, get your strength. This is this does not look like it's going to be a good story. Um Okay. All right, guys. Dang. Dang. Let this be the foul of Fauci. God. Darn it. Okay. Injecting beagle puppies with cocaine. Investigations disclose more NIH animal experimentation. This is dreaded, y'all. This is dreaded. Injecting beagle puppies with cocaine is the latest in a series of taxpayer-funded experiments on animals disclosed by the nonprofit watchdog group 
no pun intended, white coat waste project. WCW obtained the documents through the Freedom of Information Act disclosing that the National Institute of Health and the National Institute of Drug Abuse, which itself is a part of NIH, spent $2.3 million in taxpayer funds to keep dogs infused with an experimental compound of drugs that included cocaine. According to Amanda Neves, in her article for the WCW experiments that ran from September 2020 to September 2021, and March 2020 to March 2021 were filmed to observe for adverse reactions. Oh, you think that a dog's not going to have an adverse reaction to being pumped full of cocaine? I mean, they've they've officially... Uh, oh, God dang. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Do you see why I don't do uh, Fauci stories all the time? The experiments were contracted to SRI International, Neves said, which WCW has reported in 2021 as the institute that was debarking beagles by cutting their vocal cords, oh my god, so that the dogs couldn't bark, howl, or cry during an experiment. Also in 2021, WCW exposed NIAID's um, experiments on beagles that involved having sand flies eat the dogs alive, as well as experiments that involved force feeding 44 beagle puppies an experimental drug before killing and dissecting them. The cocaine jacket. The purpose of NIH's most recent experiments was to study the interaction between an experimental drug and cocaine by strapping puppies into a jacket contraption that maintains an infusion of cocaine into their veins while they are dosed with another drug. What the hell? What the hell? Why would they do this? So they know what new drug cocktail to get the gay culture and, and, and everyone hooked on? They're like, okay, we're gonna keep you on, we're gonna keep you mainline to cocaine just so we can see how you react with this drug. Is it safe to market to the gays? So they have a whole brand new party drug system to deal with. Oh my goodness, guys. The objective of this study is to evaluate the cardiovascular safety of a drug administered by, via oral gavage, gavage and an intravenous drug of abuse. For example, cocaine or methamphetamine in unrestrained, freely moving, telemetered beagle dogs that and to collect blood for bioanalysis. Page 12 of the FOIA obtained document states, according to NIDA in a statement below, the experiments are to test a drug to treat cocaine use disorder in humans because unlike for opioid use disorders, there are currently no FDA approved medication treatments for stimulant use disorders. When the experiments are completed, the dogs are either euthanized or used for other experiments, WCW said. According to WCW, because SRI International, a research group headquartered in Menlo Park, California, did not have the correct equipment, the Institute outsourced the experiments to Charles River Laboratories International Incorporated, which is the pharmaceutical company headquartered in Wilmington, Massachusetts, to which the Department of Health and Human Services paid $13.5 million to maintain monkeys on Morgan Island in South Carolina to be used for NIAID's excruciating experiments. 
WCW disclosed documents in October 2021 exposing the experiments on uh, rhesus monkeys that involved injecting monkeys with various infectious diseases such as Ebola and the Lassa virus that results in hemorrhaging, pain, brain damage, loss of motor control, and organ failure while pain relief was withheld. Institutional Inertia the NIH, including its divisions such as the National Institute of Drug Abuse and NIAID, are developing experimental drugs and then to gain approval from the FDA for those drugs, they are commissioning additional animal tests to begin that process. Justin Goodman, Vice President of Advocacy and Public Policy for WCW, told the Epoch Times, according to a July 2021 WCW report, Though the FDA does not require experimental drugs to be tested on dogs, the FDA has issued frequent guidance pointing experimenters toward the use of other non-rodent species, specifically dogs. This, the NIH and its division continue to use dogs despite the NIH itself having stated that 9 out of 10 drugs that pass, the animal, that pass animal tests fail in humans because they don't work or are dangerous, Goodman said. Goodman shared an NIH document stating in its first paragraph that 90% of drugs tested on animals fail. So you have this institution, institutional inertia that is perpetuating these wasteful and cruel experiments on dogs and other animals inside the federal government. Where are all these uh, animal advocacy groups, guys, against the government? Where are they in that matter? The FDA requires a rodent and a non-rodent species for testing experimental drugs, Goodman said, with the non-rodent species usually being beagle puppies. The FDA requires it, all of you animal activist and vegetarian and vegan activist groups. The FDA requires it. So where are you guys with the FDA? Why aren't you guys up in arms over there about the FDA? The reason that the Department of Health and Human Services gives on its website for using beagles is that they are a small and docile, meaning they are easy to abuse. That's what they want us to be, guys. They want us to be small and docile. Mm-hmm. Animals are used in these experiments to test the limits of drug toxicity. Basically, they dose a rodent and a non-rodent species with increasingly large amounts of whatever the experimental drug is to see at what point they get sick or die. Drug sponsors interested in reducing animal testing in their experiments can meet with the FDA to discuss alternatives. However, Goodman said there's no record of the NIH making a case for avoiding experiments on animals. Instead, they have just fallen back on bad habits and relied on continuing to poison puppies instead of seeking more efficient and effective ways to get their drugs approved. Accountability and Transparency the stated mission of WCW is to bring accountability and transparency to the use of taxpayer funds through federal grants and contracts that animal experimenters take advantage of at great expense to taxpayers without producing anything of value, draining resources for meaningful research and public health programs. WCW is comprised of advocates, scientists, doctors, and political strategists who initiate grassroots tactics, media campaigns, coalitions, and legal approaches to ending the $20 billion uh, in spending on animal experimentation. Demanding answers, Fauci is silent. WCW's uncovering of the animal experiments prompted 24 U.S. lawmakers in October 2021 to demand answers from Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of NIAID and the chief medical advisor to President 
select Joe Biden. Uh, Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina introduced legislation in December 21 that would end NIAID's barbaric experiments on dogs. The Preventing Animal Abuse and Waste PAW Act of 2021 would prevent Fauci from conducting or supporting research that could result in death, irreversible damage, significant pain, or distress to dogs. The bill, which has bipartisan support, also requires that NIAID report to Congress ongoing dog experiments, its plan to phase out dog testing, and how much money is being spent on the experiments. To date, Fauci has not responded to the lawmakers. The NIDA response... A press officer for the uh, for the National Institute of Drug Abuse responded to the Epoch Times request to NIH for comment, stating the experiments are to test the safety of a novel drug for the treatment of cocaine use disorder before moving into a human study. The spokesperson said NIH ensures the welfare of the animals used and, where possible, reducing their use. Proposals for the use of the animal goes through a rigorous review process to access their scientific and technical merit, which includes an assessment of applicants of the applicant's plans for the protection of research animals. The spokesperson said reviewers examined the justification for experimenting on animals and if alternative models could be used. The animals are protected by laws, regulations, and policies, the spokesperson said. Institutions receiving funds from NIH to conduct experiments on animals must comply with public health service policy on the humane care and use of laboratory animals. Doesn't sound like they do that. The Guide for the Care and Use of Laboratory Animals and Animal Welfare Act regulations. What a sickening story, guys. That is a sickening story. That's just sad, sick, and psychopathic. Can you, could you, I know none of you guys could imagine this. This is a rhetorical question, but could you guys imagine being one of these scientists that administer these, uh, these studies, these tests and experiments? I could just knowing what they're doing to a living thing that is laying there helpless guys. That is, that is a sick human being right there. I don't think I'm making a judgment call at all. When I say that, that is a sick human being. May justice be served. I'll say it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. May justice be served. All right, man, that is a, that is a, that is a story. Sorry to end the story with that. We'll, we'll end the night with something a little bit lighthearted. I promise. After this next article, the last article we're going to do for tonight, guys, um, let me see what you guys are saying in uh, the chat room real quick. Oh, Tam Growl has a beagle. You're going to growl at that one, right? Because that is terrible. That is terrible. Um, foreign interference is what we need to prove 100% there. I think we're well on that path. That's why we were kind of going over the voting machine history in last Friday's episode, guys. Because of the foreign interference, it needs to be revisited. Uh, tough to take, tough to take animal experiments, especially with our most loyal friend, our dogs. Yep. Indeed, guys, that's a terrible story. That is a terrible story. <laughs> Rapture Ready doesn't seem to think that $2.3 million went into that. Yeah, probably not. That probably went into like uh, Fauci's golden toilet bowls, right? <laughs> Man. 
Hey, Sonia. Well, God bless. God bless. You beat it. Clean for 19 years. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Do it, what knowing what that does. I'm not saying you knowing Sonia, but generally speaking, knowing what that does to the body and to 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 humans that they're just doing that to helpless animals. That is just that is damnable, man. Okay, let's move on to our last story for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, from the Epoch Times. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this, the one-year anniversary, the one-year uh, revolution, the birthday of the Sea Report happening today. Now, as I, I mentioned earlier, guys, um, uh, the genesis of the Sea Report, we started on podcast, okay? So if you want to catch the first episode ever, you'd have to go to anchor.fm slash the Sea Report, and it is archived there. Uh, we started live streaming uh, the Sea Report in March of, uh, of the same, of, well, obviously the same year. And then we started on, um, we started on Foxhole in April of that year. Yeah. Of last year. I mean, I don't know why I keep saying of that year, but, uh, so yeah, so that would kind of be that. So, uh, podcast February 2nd, uh, live, live streaming in March and then Foxhole in April. So we have our, uh, we have our, uh, Foxhole, anniversary coming up too. Let's see if, uh, let's see if the servers are working for that one. Right. Okay. But we're going to be doing this all week probably. Uh, but let's, let's go ahead and, uh, get this one under the belts guys. And in the books center for COVID control, faked COVID-19 test results lawsuit. Okay. Okay. Faked COVID-19 test results. You don't say, is that a thing? Is that a thing? Let's see what it says. A COVID-19 testing company faked test results and did not have licenses to operate testing sites. According to a new lawsuit, the Center for COVID Control claimed to provide free COVID-19 tests throughout Washington state and promised to provide results within 48 hours. But in reality, the company gathered patient insurance information and provided invalid COVID-19 test results or no results at all, according to the 14-page suit filed in King County Superior Court by State Attorney General Robert Ferguson. Former employees told prosecutors that the company, which lacked licenses to operate in much of the state, was not able to process all of the tests it received. The owners are accused of refusing to hire more workers. Instead, the company allegedly stored tests in garbage bags for more than a week rather than refrigerating them and backdated collection dates so the samples could still be processed. As trash bags of tests piled up and my team was instructed to lie to patients on a daily basis, I had had enough. One former worker, who was based in Illinois, told prosecutors, I first requested a demotion from my shift lead position, and shortly after that, I quit. Wow. Check that out, guys. COVID tests in garbage bags. COVID tests in garbage bags for weeks. And that uh, caption says, trash bags containing COVID-19 tests at a Center for COVID Control Laboratory in an undated image. Center for COVID Control contributed to the spread of COVID-19 when, when it provided false negative results. 
Ferguson said in a statement. These sham testing centers threaten the health and safety of our communities. They must be held accountable. The company did not respond by press time to requests by the Epoch Times for comment. In January, the company's, co- the company's founder and CEO, Alea Siege, uh, announced that operations would be suspended between January 14th and January 22nd due to unusually high patient demand that had caused staffing shortfalls. In an update on January 20th, the company said it was extending its pause. As previously announced, CCC is using this operational pause to train additional staff on sample collection and handling customer service and communications best practices, as well as compliance with regulatory guidelines. CCC will provide an update on reopening plans when appropriate, the company said in a statement. The Washington state lawsuit asks the court to order the firm to pay civil penalties and also block it from administering or processing COVID-19 tests in Washington. The Centers for COVID, uh, COVID Control has about 300 test sites across the nation and 13 in the state. The company's Illinois headquarters was raided by federal agents in January, and the U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is investigating complaints of alleged misconduct by the company's labs. Dr. Lee Fleischer, chief medical officer of the CMS Center for Clinical Standards and Quality, told the Epoch Times in an email. We know that people want to feel confident that the testing sites they visit are reputable and the results they receive are accurate. CMS is actively investigating numerous complaints about multiple laboratories and testing sites. CMS continues its investigations and will take compliance and enforcement actions as appropriate. Also in January, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison sued the firm for alleged false advertising. That complaint filed in a Minnesota district court stated that numerous state residents have not received any test results from defendants after submitting samples, let alone within the time frames promised by defendants. Let it all come down, ladies and gentlemen. Let it all come down around these uh, people who have been deceiving and have been lying and have been endangering the public from the jump. Ladies and gentlemen, they're going to get what they deserve, okay? They're going to get what they deserve. Absolutely, positively, may justice be served, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, I think we're going to call it a wrap here on this nine-hour day that we've had here at the Sea Report. Uh, This was part of the uh, one-year anniversary extravaganza. Thank you all for hanging out with us. For those of you who have been here from the jump, I'm talking to you, Slick Shoe. Uh, thank you again for uh, for for uh, for being a, a member of the audience and definitely uh, the support, guys. It helps. Like I've said for a long time, uh, jumping into doing all of this and sharing this information and live streaming has become a lot more meaningful when I have audiences like you guys always hanging out and uh, coming back and 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 just being there. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Vinny1765, thank you for the can. Happy birthday, Mr. C. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Y'all guys make this meaningful and special. So thank you so much for always being there, y'all. I appreciate y'all's support. 
everywhere I turn, you guys are there. And I can't tell you how much I, I'm thankful for that. And thank you so much. Thank you from the bottom of my, from my heart to yours is what I like to say. Thank you so much. So we're going to call today a wrap. I think we did a pretty, pretty good job here, guys, today. Uh, tomorrow, we are going to air the second installment of the Putin and Oliver Stone interview. Very, very eye-opening, perceptive interview. I think I would encourage you all to check out the first one. And uh, I would definitely encourage you all to stick around for the next one. Very telling the things that you can learn, ladies and gentlemen. Very telling the things that you can learn. Um, okay, I think we're good here. Let me just uh, pop into the chat room again real quick. Tam Growl, Rail Anon, Sean Joe. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Sonia JHC, Rapture Ready. I'm sure Casual GG still hanging out there somewhere. I'm sure we also had a Rally Slock, Pilled by the Rabbit. Thank you, sir. Also, it was great to have you along with us for the ride tonight. Uh, Bill Tech, I think I saw you earlier. Uh, let me see. Who am I missing? Uh, someone's going to be like, Mr. C, Slick Shoe, of course. How could I forget about you? Uh, thank you all again for being part of tonight's audience. All of the lurkers who we love, thank you so much also for being part of the audience tonight. Your energy and spirit is most definitely appreciated. Oh, I know. I, I'm gonna, I need to get some rest now, guys. Uh, I need to get some rest. Um, let me see. I think I'm going to... Uh, we're going to sign off with some fun stuff or maybe something inspirational. We've done the inspirational kind of today. Did I not get it? Oh, man. I haven't uploaded it yet. Oh, no. Let me see if I can do that real quick. Yeah, I'm going to get some... Z hey, Sazzy Q. You were here earlier, too. And Relanon, too. Relanon's always hanging out. Um, let me see if I can't get this uploaded real quick. If it uploads quick, we'll end with some fun stuff, okay? And, uh, we'll be back again tomorrow for your regularly, regularly scheduled C-Report. Hey, Punky Keister, what's up? Whatever time that might be, right? Uh, we'll, we'll be on tomorrow for sure in the evening. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we look forward to some more shenanigans coming you guys' way. And, we'll, okay. Um, I'm waiting to see if this video is going to upload so so I can like uh, I can play it for you guys to close out the night. I think you guys are going to like it. It's a fun one. I promise. I promise. But yeah. So uh, let's see. What does the next year of the Sea Report hold? Ah, I think the best is yet to come. Ha! We got it. Okay, guys. All right. Okay, guys, I'm going to leave you guys with this little video. I think you guys will enjoy it. And, uh, well, we'll see you manana. As we, as we like to say here at the Sea Report, be safe, be blessed. God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow. This is a tough business oh, to run for oh, president. Oh, I know. You're a tough guy, Jeb. And, and we need to have a leader that is real tough. Honestly, I think Jeb is a very nice person. He's a very nice person, but we need tough people. We need toughness. We need intelligence, and we need tough. Ahead, say, Mr. Am Mr. I allowed to finish? Go ahead, Mr. Trump. So, Little of your again, I, 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 I know you're trying to build up your energy, Please. Jeff, but it's not working. One at a time. Yeah. Look, look. I feel like by the end of this evening, I'm going to be blamed for everything that's ever happened. Why not? It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail.
You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account Only Rosie several- O'Donnell. <laughs> Let me just tell you something, and it's very interesting. You're not bringing up anything new. You know, you're acting like you're the great reporter, blah, blah, blah. There are four... Immigrants on the whole create... Come on, try getting it out. Try getting it out. I mean, I don't know if you're going to put this on television, but you don't even know what you're talking about. Try getting it out. I never attacked him on his look, and believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there. She's supposed to fight all of these different things, and she can't make it 15 feet to her car. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. She's home resting right now. You told me on my radio show the audio and the transcript are out there on YouTube that you would release your tax returns. True. Are you going back on your No, I'm not. Commitment? First of all, very few people listen to your radio show. That's the good news. Let me just tell you. Let me just, which, which happens to be true. Check out the radio. You might say, you might talk, your politicians all talk, no action. I've been watching it all my life. There is, you are all talk and no action. What I've seen up here. I mean, first of all, this guy's a choke artist, and this guy's a liar. You have a confidence. This guy always goes to you have a, in the States. I was a this, businessman. I got along with Clinton. I got along with everybody. Yeah. That was my job, to get along with people. But the I simple wanna, fact is... Excuse me. One second. No. I the didn't want to... The you oh, cannot take... More energy tonight. I like oh. that. You've been doing this for 30 years. Why are you just thinking about these solutions right now? For 30 years you've been doing it, and now you're just starting to think of solutions. Well, actually, I will bring, excuse me, I will bring back jobs. You can't bring back jobs. Well, once it was finally negotiated and the terms were laid out, I wrote about that in... You called it the gold I, I standard. About, well, I hope... You called I, it the gold standard of trade deals. You, you said it's what? the finest deal you've ever seen. No. And then you heard what I said about it, and all of a sudden you were against <laughs> I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it, and I hate to say it, but if I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation, because there has never been so many lies, so much deception, there has never been anything like it, and we're going to have a special prosecutor. You know what that is. I wanted to challenge you on on one of the statements that you made in the tail end of the campaign uh, in in the midterms. Here here we go. Well, if you don't mind, Mr. President, that this caravan was an invasion. As you know, Mr. President, as you know, Mr. President, the caravan was not an invasion. It's a it's a, a group of migrants moving up. From Central America towards the border with the U.S. Thank you for telling and me that. And why, why did you why did you characterize it as such? Uh, because and, I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But do you think? 
It happened a few days ago. Triple kill. They're hundreds of miles away, though. They're hundreds and hundreds of miles away. That's not an invasion. Honestly, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. And if you did it well, your ratings are much better. One of the worst Secretary of States in the history of the country. She talks about me being dangerous. She's killed hundreds of thousands of people with her stupidity. 505 billion. And by the way, I don't like this mic. Whoever the hell bought this mic system, don't the son of a bitch to put it in. I'll tell you. These people. No, this mic is terrible. He hit my hands. Nobody has ever hit my hands. I've never heard of this one. Look at those hands. Are they small hands? He referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. Damn, son. You just hit with the wow effect. I call President Obama and Hillary Clinton the founders of ISIS. They're the founders. In fact, I think we'll give Hillary Clinton the, you know, if you're on a sports team, most valuable player, MVP. You get the MVP award. ISIS will hand her the most valuable player award. Her only competition is Barack Obama. Let, let me just, you know, he wants to be a tough guy. A lot of times, you'll have, you'll have, and, and it doesn't work very well. With How it. tough is it a to take a times, lot of property you, from an elderly talk, woman? Let me talk. Quiet. I may okay, ask one other question, Mr. President. If I may, if I may ask Peter, one other question, are you worried? That's enough. That's Ms. enough. Mr. President, I, that's well, enough. I was going to ask one of the, the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Mr. Excuse President, me. that's enough. You are an idiot. <laughs> you know, she looks just like Hillary Clinton, actually. Is that Hillary? Hillary, is that you? Hillary wants to find out how do you get these crowds, right? How do you get these crowds? Goodbye, Hillary. And your father was never considered smart. He was never considered a good senator. He was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Head out.
Here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free and we will stay free. to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say get that son of a bitch off the field right now out he's fired he's fired <laughs>